and welcome to Game and Watch, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. My name is Aaron. And I'm James. And today we are covering The Dark Knight Rises, the 2012 superhero action thriller directed by Christopher Nolan. Yes, our first Christopher Nolan film. And for that, to celebrate this momentous day and our third Batman movie, no less, uh, we have Colin here. I thought you were going to say Christopher Nolan. No, no, we we reached out to his people and somehow that number got just like rerouted to Colin. So weird. I can't believe you brought me here under false pretenses. You told me Christopher Nolan was going to be here. Uh, I think I might just have to leave. You guys can do the rest of the pod yourselves. It was the only way we could get you. You, you, were, yeah, you all you also were booked i called i ca- tried to get hold of your people and then steven soderbergh picked up and i was like i think you're a little overrated so wow. we got so we got you yeah wow, <laughs> jesus the first of multiple <laughs> takes that i'm going to be <laughs> gonna be bringing and that one was truly unwarranted yeah that was just like a total stray like yeah come on man <laughs> yeah i just i i'm a loose cannon today i you both should be ready for this because i've got i got a lot of thoughts i got a lot of things to say about this film all right. Well, I'll, I'll buckle up, but thank yeah. you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Of course. Of course. Um, and so maybe you can start us off then. Tell us a little bit about your history with the movie and kind of like maybe with Nolan 2, because sure. I'm sure that's relevant. Not Nolan 1, Nolan 2. Oh, yeah, Nolan, Nolan 2. two. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm less familiar with Nolan 2, so we'll see how, how that goes. But uh, yeah, I saw this movie as I assume we all did in theaters um i saw it not i did not see a midnight showing but uh, i saw it opening weekend i did see to like backtrack just a little bit um i did see the dark knight um twice on opening day uh, i went to a midnight showing of that one and then i went Naturally. again yeah as as one does as one um, does yeah uh, but yeah, I went midnight showing and then a friend of mine who couldn't make the midnight showing i went again with him later that afternoon so i saw dark knight twice opening day really liked it at the time and then as time went on i eh, i i wouldn't say that i like liked it less i just it didn't stay with me um so i was not like super hyped for this movie um in the way that i am for basically any nolan project now um yeah but i was excited um i really dug inception Um, I was like, this was the time where I was like really getting into Nolan as a filmmaker. And so I was like, all right, let's see what he does with the end of this trilogy. And I really, really liked it when I walked out of the theater and I've still enjoyed it every time I've rewatched it. And, um, I, I cannot stress this enough. I, I don't think that it is the best Christopher Nolan Batman movie but I do think that it is my favorite Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Um, I yeah. really, every time I watch it, I just enjoy it so much more than the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk about it. I know that loving this movie is maybe in the minority opinion, <laughs> but I'm, I'm ready to, to plant my flag and to defend it in, until I die. I'm not trying to take credit for for hate on this movie or anything, but it's like, am I am I just like too am I too hard on people who like this movie? Am I hard on people? I mean, I probably just cyberbully you. No, I, I, I don't. I don't think you're too hard on people. I generally think that there is disdain towards this Batman movie. Yeah. Um, but now having 
Well, should I jump into my history? Yeah, please. Yeah. And, and, and Colin, I'm, I'm extremely excited to find out knowing like how you feel about the rewatchability of this movie. I'm like really excited to dive into like the minutia and kind of like get a little bit more of a flavor for why this movie is so rewatchable to you. It's, and it's, that's it's too- yeah, That's and, I, and I'm not being like sarcastic. I'm not even trying to like belittle it or <laughs> in any way. I truly, I, I'm like extremely excited to find out because I, I think that's one of like, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to most about this conversation. Yeah, and that's why we do the podcast, right? We don't do this podcast just to gush over movies that everyone universally. Yeah, adores. we do. We do Batman Forever on this. <laughs> we podcast. do Batman Forever. We do The Dark Knight Rises. You know, um, so I saw this film under what I consider to be like ideal circumstances. I saw it with you, James. That doesn't make it ideal. Seeing a movie with you does not make it <laughs> Well, was I talking um, during it? I hope no, not. you were not. Uh, no, but the other parts of the film going experience were <clears throat> ideal. Yeah. I uh, saw this back to back to back with Batman Returns. Or no, that would be great, actually. That'd, That'd be, be wild. I mean, they just started playing. They started playing the Batman like Adam West. They th- we saw <laughs> seven just... episodes of that in a row. Yeah, just <laughs> go for it. It um, was chaos. It was really well. We were well prepared for this movie. <laughs> Batman Begins and by Dark Knight, followed by Dark Knight Rises. And I remember upon exiting the theater being very uh, upset, shall we say. I was not the biggest fan of this film. Um, and I kind of took a break from it. I didn't ingest any media about it. I didn't go back and see it in the theater again like I did with Dark Knight or Batman Begins. Um, however, this was a time in my life when I was ingesting a lot of movies, especially yeah. um, purchased movies. Uh, that was a time in my life when I collected a lot of film and would rewatch them. So when Dark Knight Rises came out on um, home theater, I rewatched it several times and I found myself liking it more and more, not liking it more than, say, Batman Begins or The Dark Knight, but finding okay. things to appreciate about it. And for this podcast alone, I rewatched this movie three times. Um, just for this podcast. You saint. Hell yeah. I know. Yeah. So I think Hell I've yeah. seen this movie now like 15 times, something like that, like more than <clears> 10. <throat> um, and I think every time I see it, I find new things to appreciate. Yeah. And in my big sum up at the end, I'll kind of explain why. I think there are like a couple factors as to why that might be. Um, but my history with this yeah. movie has changed kind of on a positive arc. Um, but I still okay. still don't think it's one of the best Nolan Batman movies for sure. So as you mentioned, I saw this with you and I like I, I describe it as like a, a wondrous day. It was a, it was a truly a great day seeing th- all three of these movies in a row. And After, Batman Returns. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, but in, in reflecting on this, because now I've had a lot of time to sit with this movie, I'm wondering, like, was I delirious? From seeing from sitting in the movie theater for that long, because like there were like small breaks, but it was it was like a marathon. It was like doing all the Lord of the Rings movies, but I've never like done all the Lord of the Rings movies in a theater. I do it like at a house where you can like get up and like drink and eat and like go to the bathroom more. I mean, not that you can. I peed myself <laughs> for nine a, hours. Listen, it was a diaper day. Yeah, yeah I was say, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah I was ill prepared. I did love the diaper at home. But uh, I, in sharp <laughs> contrast to you, Aaron, walked out of this movie thinking it might have been the best Batman movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I like I, I think I was just like and I wasn't trying to be like I have a hot take. It was like I, I think I, I was like, I, is this movie better than The Dark Knight? But at that point, I probably seen The Dark Knight like 
30 times. Also, to like, be fair, it was like 3.15 in the morning and you yeah. may have been delirious from lack of sleep. That's true. That's true. But I was like, five stars, perfect, perfect movie. Uh, even though things, some, some things bothered me and some of those things I still bothered me. Um, and s- since then, <clears throat> I bought it on Blu-ray. I rewatched it. I rewatched it again. I rewatched it again. And like over time, I started liking it less and less and less every single time. And and I I do I truly don't think it, it wasn't helped by the fact that there were other better Nolan movies that followed this, but it you know I don't know I, I it, it's like it's not just in sharp contrast to like other Nolan movies I think this is <clears throat> easily his worst movie I haven't seen Following it's one of his I haven't seen uh, I think it's his worst movie and I there are are times where I, I I truly wonder whether he was giving his all. Because we've seen what him giving his all looks like. And that's the majority of his filmography. And I, and even like when he kind of like dips into his worst tendencies, uh, well, okay. <clears throat> I think he, one of his worst tendencies is on full display here. But it, it, in addition to that, I feel like the movie is also like poor in other ways. And I, I, I can't, I can't make sense of it. It, I, I don't know if it's like studio interference. I don't know if it's just rushed writing, but he explains a lot and over explains a lot, but it's not like in Interstellar, for instance, he explains a lot of stuff in that and possibly over explains. It does not bother me. I think Interstellar is just incredible. It doesn't take away from the movie whatsoever here. <laughs> there are, and I'll, and I'll, I'll try to like shed some more light on it when we get to certain moments. There are moments where I feel like he and, Jonathan Nolan wrote themselves into a corner and had to write themselves out. And the way that they did that was explaining what's happening and explaining how they were getting out of that. Or like, it's kind of like when you write a script and you, and you go through afterwards, not that I'm like extremely experienced at this, but it's just like you go through (laughs) afterwards and you edit your own shit and you're just like, okay. And you have something else peer edit it. And it's like, okay, Chris, Jonathan, um, by the time Bane shows up or like by the time like or like later in the movie, like you don't get it really enough, like kind of um, build up to his him showing up or like you don't you don't you haven't learned enough about him yet. Oh, that's OK Um, to make people be excited at his reveal. We'll just add dialogue asking who Bane is and why he wears a mask when it was completely not in line with the previous questioning that was occurring, like or just like like. Hey, we it just we've written ourselves into a corner and we need to like try to get ourselves out of it or like just it's like we'll solve our our problems like hey, I've got notes on your script. Um, okay, we'll just add a line or two to fix that. And sometimes it comes off as totally like not genuine whatsoever. And to preview one other thought I have, I think that um sorry, I'm doing too much previewing. Uh we'll we'll, we'll get into it, but I think that Blake, the character of Blake or John Blake or whatever makes no sense. And his arc is so painfully forced just to get to where it ends up. I wish I could just exercise that character entirely from this movie. I don't think it would change anything at all. Uh, Not excise, exorcise. Exorcise. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> my bad. Excise. I wish I well, you know what? And also Let's that. Ex- You're right. Oh, exercise him. This this this, this this film has some has some demons, yeah. Uh, but um, I think that's interesting. Our arcs on this film are kind of yeah. opposite, right? You started high, went low. I started kind of low, went high. Um, yeah. And Colin, you're kind of this nebulous. We don't know what. <laughs> no, Colin. Colin's high, 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 like, high all the time, baby. Stay high. <laughs> stay high. <laughs> I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to say this in a derogatory way. Like you're, you're an apologist for this movie. You don't care about its flaws. You're like this movie is entertaining as fuck, and I won't apologize for it. And I respect that. Yes. You know, correct. <laughs> like, I'm sure there will be plenty of things that we talk about where we're like, yeah, that we all are in agreement that that's fucking stupid. And I'm in my grumpy Gus corner. Aaron's in his well, maybe corner. And you're in the I don't care. This is great corner. The and that's exactly corner, the kind of thing we need. The well, maybe corner is a fun corner because no matter what you can say, well, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's really only me who is going to like be upset. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you, so you guys, you guys won the pod. Yes. Congratulations. Congratulations to the both of you. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for you guys. Should we um, uh, yeah, we got a, we got a got meaty here. plot to talk about. So let's let's talk about the development as quickly as we can. Yeah. So uh James, you noted that this was developed by Nolan and his brother, um Jonathan Nolan, right? Christopher and Jonathan. Yes. Uh the story was done by Nolan and David S. Goyer, um, who wrote the screenplay to Batman Begins together. Mm-hmm. There were originally plans for Heath Ledger's Joker to return to the third entry, um, but obviously because of his death, those were scrapped. Um, and there is no reference made to the Joker um, because of that in respect for him. Uh, something I found interesting when I researched this is that the studio wanted the Riddler to be the main villain of the third film. And Ooh. they specifically wanted Leonardo DiCaprio as the Riddler. Be still um, my heart. Yeah, be still. Well, but here's the thing. So, they wanted that, citing the success of a villain like the Joker. So someone that's a little more cerebral, less physically imposing. Um, but Nolan wanted, the exact again, the exact opposite for uh, Dark Knight Rises. He wanted a large, physically intimidating presence with a clear mission, unlike the skinny, chaotic, crazy Joker. I feel like if we had the Riddler for this one, it would feel like Joker fatigue. What do you guys think? Yeah. 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 No, that's true. That That's very true. I, I mean, just, like... We- let's say in hindsight also now like i think we've all got joker fatigue oh boy howdy (laughs) also can we talk about how like the movie that set up the trope of the villain wanting to be caught which is the dark knight they just do it again in the dark knight rises yes it's like you already established that there was a joker thing now bane's doing it get out of here i mean classics are classics for a reason right if it ain't broke don't fix it i suppose (laughs) um anyway (laughs) Um, Nolan <laughs> wanted to find a worthwhile story with a message to tell, worried that he would get bored with the film midway through production unless he was 100% committed to it, which James, it sounds like perhaps no, in your mind, he did not is, stay 100% committed. Is, you know, I don't, I, I really don't. I feel, I truly feel like his mind was elsewhere. It's honestly like he was writing Interstellar while he was writing this movie and was like, I kind of want to focus my effort on the better movie. Um, speaking of other works, he said that his draft of the script was inspired by Charles Dickens' novel, A Tale of Two Cities, which centers around the French Revolution. And is also um, a little bit too long. Is also too long. <laughs> also, there are many subtle, but also many not subtle. If you've read Tale of Two Cities, there are references that like beat you over the head with that that book in this film. Yeah. And I I think, honestly, the literary references in this film take away from it and don't add to it. But that's just yeah. 
Um, each of Nolan's Batman films deal with a different theme, according to him. Batman Begins, the theme was fear. The Dark Knight was chaos. And this film is pain. I think which, this film is both pain and chaos. And painful. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, shooting was moved from Chicago to Pittsburgh. As boo. they films. Boo. Well, boo. But yeah. this makes sense. So they changed the city because they felt they had filmed so much of Chicago that they had felt they had very little left to show and they wanted a new space to work in, um, which makes sense to me. Dark Knight and Batman Begins, Dark Knight especially, Chicago is very heavily featured. Um, I'm not sure they could like give the same shots or the same ambiance of the city without feeling like you were reusing shots from the dark night just do what you were what you did with batman begins then you don't need to go full-on chicago blast like dark knight like i, I like it but it's like just do batman begins i yeah, don't know because ba- batman begins was more of like a hybrid right there was like mm-hmm. hong kong and chicago and a couple different like cities that were I- I don't know when else to say this, um, but so and it seems relevant to this point. I I find the fact like the the obvious like Pittsburghy more like Pittsburghy New Yorkness of this movie so much so distracting. It, it's like it's very weird. Like the going from the Gotham of Batman Begins to Dark Knight felt more like normal. And I would say that I'm not just saying that from like Chicago pride. Like I, I would say that, you know, with any that kind of actual consistency between the places that they're shooting, but suddenly it just feels so different and it, it feels so much bigger. And I mean, Gotham city is big, so that makes sense, but I don't know. The whole scale of this movie is just blown up. He really went all in on the, the third movie needs to be the biggest. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a very maximal movie. Um, it it, it is, ways. and I it really bothers me. <laughs> so for Batman, for very nerdy Batman related reasons, but also just for general filmmaking reasons. Yeah. Um. Tell us about the effects in this film. They're all practical. Literally, no special effects. If you say that there's an ounce oh, of special God. effects in the movie, it'll be <laughs> shot and killed. Dead. None. There's none. End of story. <laughs> Um, I was told I had to say that <laughs> by no one's people. <laughs> they, yeah, they they did return the call. They were like, "We absolutely will not be doing this podcast with you." But if yeah. you're going to do it anyway, <laughs> I was yeah. going to say I was going to say Christian Bale actually made that jump. But what started to come out of my mouth was Christopher Nolan actually made that jump. Oh, so the other Tom Cruise could, actually made Tom that Cruise, jump. The yeah. other layer we could add to it is that Nolan insisted on doing all the practical effects himself. Yeah. So every time you see Batman fighting, it's actually Nolan. In a <laughs> Can you yes. imagine Tom Cruise as like Bane? He's like, yeah, I'm going to be in that plane. And Nolan's like, no, no, you won't. <laughs> and he's like, no, I will. <laughs> I'm going to be in that plane. And also, if I'm the guy who dies in the crash, you're going to drop me and I have to die. Um, so, no, I mean, Nolan is obviously like famous for for trying to go practical whenever he possibly can. And for this, so much applause. I mean, the first and and this segues into the next like to the note that I had about like the, the the six minute prologue that was attached to Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol was like the first experience that I I truly I had with this movie as as I think some of us did like um you got the opening scene um and we'll we'll get into a little bit more detail about that but one of the most jarring things is you couldn't fucking understand a word Bane was saying this the the mixing was horrible and that was like a very strong complaint from everyone who came out of there. And fortunately, we were all nervous. Like, is no one going to fix this? And he did. 
but then decided to keep that awful sound mixing for Tenet. And he's like, I'll save this for a different movie. <laughs> An even worse, more dense, confusing film. <laughs> Sorry, Colin. You, you, I was going to say, and... I, I've just been getting personally attacked here, and I yeah. don't know what I've done to deserve this. <laughs> yeah. You're a Tenet fan. Okay, oh, I love Tenet. Tenet. Yeah. Really? All right, all right. I intentionally didn't prep you uh, on this, Aaron. I, I didn't want you to know where Colin's allegiances <laughs> were, were laid. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I like Colin. I like Sonic. Everyone's allowed to like bad things. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, now the Tenant Sonic crossover, I, now that I'd like to see. Um, what I, so I, I didn't really know where, where to say this either. Or I guess I probably should have said the history of the film, but I, I want to make sure I say it now before I forget it. Is that one of the things that one of my, like, the most exciting things. That like one of my fondest memories truly was when the Dark Knight, not rises, but when the Dark Knight was like on the horizon, and like it was kind of like around the age. I mean, I guess this was happening with Lord of the Rings too a little bit, but like internet becoming more like commonly like social media and things being more common throughout like the aughts, and people posting like set photos, um, and what like kind of like the the mystery about what was going to happen with this movie. And I remember like just doing all this research and finding like, and finally seeing the trailer for the dark Knight. It was incredible. And I'm saying that to preface that like doing that for the dark Knight rises was equally incredible. If not more incredible, I was, I mean, cause the dark Knight was so fucking good that you're just like, what is he going to do next? Like I have full faith in Nolan. He just made two incredible Batman movies. He's going to land this plane. And I remember like, I mean, finding out Bane isn't like Tom Hardy's Bane. I was like, God, this is going to be incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible. And then my friends and I were like trying to guess. I forget if we did this, Aaron. We probably did. But like trying to guess what was going to happen. And like you based on just our Batman knowledge, our knowledge of like trilogies and stuff. And we're and like and at one point or another, I'm like, Talia al Ghul has got to end up in this movie. It's going to it makes so much sense. And then they, we find out Marion Cotillard was uh, cast and it's like. Miranda Tate is not a comic book character. It's probably Talia cool. And it was, and I've never been more upset <laughs> to, to have been correct. Um, you didn't love the original character, Miranda Tate. Uh, uh, well, we'll get to that. We will, we, we will really get to that. But I just wanted to say like how much, like how much excitement I had and how much fun I had trying to guess what the plot of this movie was going to be. And I don't do that as much anymore. Like I don't, I didn't do that for Matt Reeves as the Batman. Um, I'm kind of just happy to not not get my hopes up or get like stressed or make wild guesses. But like around this time, I was doing that for like all the major releases that I was really excited for, especially if it was like a franchise, especially if it was like, a you know, one of my favorite um, franchises of all time. Like it was just it was so much fun to do that. I, did you guys do that at all after The Dark Knight? I I'm not a big person looking into like movie stuff quite like that, but I am big into looking at video game stuff like that, or at least I was like way mm -hmm. back when the internet, like you said, was less ubiquitous complete tangent. But one of the biggest games that I like feverishly look forward to and absorbed every bit of minutia coming out about it, final fantasy 10 2. and guess what? <laughs> it's kind of a shit, like shithole mediocre game, but I was obsessed <laughs> with the pre-development of final fantasy 10 2. Every time there was a new dress sphere, I was like, oh my gosh, like another one. You would have, you could have given me a thousand guesses and I wouldn't have guessed that. You never game. would have gotten 
No, <laughs> I wouldn't have. Um, but no, I don't. I don't generally do this for films. No. Okay. What about you, Colin? Yeah, I. I would say at that time I was not as invested in like trying to gather all that information. I probably I peaked uh, doing that uh, probably a few years ago, and then um, Elon Musk bought Twitter and turned it into a <laughs> shithole, and so I don't really oh, do that you, anymore. <laughs> sorry, Colin, you mean X? Yes, my my bad. Yeah. Uh, I am no longer on X, uh, so I I don't I don't have like the same level of immersion in a lot of like that type of news but to answer your question about this movie specifically i was not really all that involved in any of that and also um i probably should have mentioned this earlier i am not a comics person like i don't read comics i did not grow up reading batman i my only interaction with batman is whatever warner brothers has given to me in a theatrical format like i never even watched the animated series um so like one day someday blasphemy colin (laughs) blasphemy one one day you oh i'm already hard at work aaron (laughs) yeah he's he's been working on on that particular plan for a while so uh but anyway i oh go ahead i was just gonna say like if you like nolan batman though like batman the animated series is like right up your alley I so I did surprise uh, some friends, and James, you were one of them. Uh, yeah. I, I I watched Mask of the Phantasm, oh. uh, and surprised them on a recording of my podcast, and uh, that movie kicks ass. So I oh, do yeah. think that I would like the animated series. I just like I didn't watch it growing up, so like I had no. So yeah. I do remember there was like an internet hubbub that they were like, Oh, it's like, it's probably Talia al Ghul. And I was just like, this literally means nothing to me. So like, I just (laughs) like, I read it and was like, okay. And then I moved on with my life. So it didn't really like affect my enjoyment of the movie when it ended up being true. I was like, Oh, okay. I I wouldn't have known one way or another. So it is what it is. Yeah. All right. So Really quickly. So this movie was kind of had a similar arc to me, maybe. I mean, it was like mostly positive reviews when it came out. I remember, I think Roger Ebert gave it three stars. And I don't I think that was around the time he died. So I'm just saying. Maybe this movie killed it. Maybe this movie killed Roger Ebert. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> yeah. Brutal. Actually, so, I, I, so I thought brutal. I was going to be able to segue out of that, but I can't. Um, let's just sit in it. For a let's, all, let's all just yeah. like think yeah. about what yeah. we've done. Yeah, I think people thought it was like a good end of the trilogy. I'm just going to try to crawl right out. Um, but a lot of people have kind of gone back and reevaluated it, some in a negative in a fashion, in a negative fashion. Um, and I, you know, obviously, we need to just mention the the meme that the Bane voice became. Uh, and that we'll get into it. I mean, that's a choice as a real choice by Hardy. And I'll just say right now that fuck. Yeah. That voice is awesome. It's awesome. Okay. okay. I, yeah. Okay. We'll get to Can it. We, okay. Because there are people who listen to this podcast who may not have seen the film or played the game. Can you give us like a preview of what Bane's voice sounds like? In case oh, they- no, I, we're, we were not. We're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. You're not going to give uh, the people the people. You're I didn't. Gonna- pra- that was good. That was I good. I yeah. I didn't practice. All right, fine. I'll try to do. Um, let's see. Um, Time yeah. to go mobile. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, you got to cover your mouth first. You got to do yeah. that. <laughs> Step Time one. to go mobile. Yeah. Um, no, what, I already like forgetting the line is like the oh, like he has defeated you. You merely adapted to the darkness. 
I was born in it. Murdered by it. <laughs> very good. Excellent, very excellent very work. Good. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I, you know, this, the Bane impressions, doing Joker impressions. Like, I, I was convinced, I, like, in college, I was like, I could go out to bars and try to meet girls or I could stay inside and play Super Smash Brothers and try to get have the best Joker impression ever. Uh, and one of those things gets you curls and the other one doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Joker voice did. I had no success at bars, uh, but, you know, <laughs> as my own wife would say, well, actually, I've never I've actually I never do that Joker voice for her. I do Gollum voice for her and she thinks it's a not good <laughs> no not wow. sorry not 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 bad not bad not bad quality like uh, like a she, she like the the golem voice just creeps her out too much understandable fair enough yeah. Yeah. fair very fair <laughs> I, well, you know anyway we uh um, should we take out our fork take out our knife and cut into this spicy meatball <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You like that analogy? Start. Start. Start us off. All right. <clears throat> and Colin, you stop us at any time to say anything. Yes, <laughs> really, please. truly, please. this is like <laughs> this. This. This is this is your podcast too for yes. for right now. This just do say you know we'll, My... we won't we won't move on until you uh till you've said your fill on whatever you'd like to say <laughs> my plan was to just be here uh being nolan's cheerleader so i was just gonna wait for one of you to say something egregious and then i was gotcha. gonna come to come to his defense so Fair i'll enough. just i'll just kind of sit back and and you know whenever something whenever something needs defending i'll be there okay <laughs> and i also encourage you to shit on this movie whenever you feel like it actually is deserved yes <laughs> never Damn it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so let's start with a good scene. Yeah. Kind of. So we uh, we pick back up. Um, it's been eight years since the events of the Dark Knight. We open with Commissioner Gordon, played by Gary Oldman, who is eulogizing Harvey Dent. Um, obviously, the only ones who know the truth about him are James Gordon and Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Do we need to do like a quick two minute no. summary of the Dark Knight? No, okay, no, 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 no. We, we, this is a long enough movie as it is. We cannot. Uh, we can't. <laughs> OK, so you'll just bring all your Dark Knight knowledge into that. You know why it's you know why it's significant. OK, yeah. so we go to an airship. Airstrip airship. This is not Final Fantasy seven. No airstrip. <laughs> um, the CIA is there to pick up Dr. Leonard Pavel, a renowned expert on nuclear fission. He is accompanied by an entourage, and they claim they have prisoners who are working for, quote-unquote, the masked man Bane. All um, this is delivered in rapid-fire dialogue. Very you, are, you are You are, like, thrown into the deep end. Very and quick, yes. It, it is like a, I have to just trust that no one is going to guide me. And I'm and, and when, I, when something needs to be totally relevant, like, I, I'm, I'm so shocked at how, like, kind of, like, fast this movie can move sometimes. Mm-hmm. And 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 how much information you're given, and how quickly you're given it, and e- it's even like evident just from this opening scene. I, and yeah. that's like a, more of a criticism of later. I don't really mind it much. I only really have one major nitpick in this opening scene. I think honestly, I think it's not a criticism, but I think it's just a factor in all of Nolan's films. Like Nolan's films are extremely, extremely dense. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wasted. There's no like throwaway lines. Like. Everything that is in there is meant to be in there and meant to set things up or pay them off. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of like riffraff, even though this is a very long movie, there's not much that's wasted. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, so basically, like 
the the situation is that the CIA is there to pick up Dr. Pavel. There's all these extra kind of guys, um, and the CIA lets them all on the plane, which is a mistake. So the CIA attempts to intimidate the prisoners for information about Bane. However, oops, one of the guys is Bane, and he got caught on purpose. Uh, yeah. We kind of alluded to that. We've seen that before. <laughs> we saw it before with the Joker. Why are you doing yeah. it again with the newest villain in the well, first scene? Yeah. I mean, two two notes. Uh, one, as I hinted to earlier, I fucking hate the questioning. The first question is about Dr. Pavel. The second question is, tell me about Bane. Why does he wear the mask? And sorry, let me go. Tell me about Bane. Why does he, wear, does the he wear the mask? Fucking <laughs> awful line delivery. Um, sorry, Tierney. I was going to uh, say. You listen to this. Uh, <laughs> that fucking awful line delivery. Um, an extremely transparent attempt at creating anticipation and mystery about Bane. And yeah, not in line with the earlier questioning. It's it's just that to me is like the bad line, re- like bad, li- bad line writing and bad line reading. Also, isn't um, the actor Ferris Bueller's best friend? No. no. <laughs> right? It looks like Ferris Bueller's best friend. It does totally. It looks yeah, like Alan, wow. Alan Ruck. There's a <laughs> boy, Alan Ruck, right there. It's like Alan Ruck. Yeah, so props to Alan Ruck. Uh, it's definitely not anyone else. <laughs> Double sorry to Tierney listening yes. to this. Uh, <laughs> uh, just but, catching stray. She had no idea. She had she no is. idea. She's probably like, I don't listen to this. Um, but like I, the other note I just want to say is like, like I, I love his voice. I love Hardy as Bane. Hardy is incredible. The mask looks amazing. The character, the design of Bane, all the choices that Nolan made, all the choices that Tom Hardy made are all incredible. I'll bring it up multiple times. Uh, even like little mannerisms that he has. I love it. And I love, it would be extremely painful for you. You, for you. you love that. You, that's the one line I think oh, is really dumb from it. No, I love it. I love it. Okay. That, that That's, that's a good to me. That's like good. Like, Hey, uh, this guy's fuck gonna fucking kill you. Like it, it's a really like on the nose. Like I love it. I love that. Is that was my is my Bane voice actually coming through? Am I gonna have to edit out my no, own? No, no, your Bane no, voice is yeah. coming through. Really, yeah, I, can I can't. I can't tell how good yeah. like the volume yeah. is. Okay. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we get the you know the very painful for you line. Um, so a larger plane is descending on the CIA plane, and operatives working for Bane drop onto the plane, the CIA plane, killing many on board. They rig the plane to drag behind the larger one, shredding off the wings and the tail. Um, so we get this kind of like fuselage tube dragging behind the plane. Yeah. Um, this is really confusing to me and really stupid. And maybe mm-hmm. you guys can explain why it no. makes sense. No one can. <laughs> no, no one can. So you mean what? what is what his overall plan is with Dr. Pavel or the, yes. pl- the plane approach? I mean, both. They're both stupid and they both it make is, no sense. I agree that. Well, I, I actually don't mind the plane thing because it's just like, yes insane practical effects i love this like and hans zimmer's score is just building and building and building and then the chance start and the chance i love the first time i kind of don't love it as much this time i don't hate it um but it the tension builds and all of this just to i guess put dr pavel's blood in another person's body to make it look like pavel was in the crash yes is I don't think how blood works. I don't think that's how blood works. I think it's and really how stupid. Work. <laughs> and then well, and then as part of the villain's plan, it's brought back later in a throwaway line by Miranda Tate being like, would it make you feel better if you knew that this doctor died in a plane Aaron, crash? 
There are so many of those <laughs> lines to ex it's like they're running in circles trying to explain themselves so for their stupid. chaotic story choices. It's they so stupid all the time in this movie. And it drives <laughs> me fucking crazy. Yeah. So it's here's what I will say. I think every time I watch it, I'm just like the prologue kicks ass. Like it looks yeah. so fucking cool. That True. shot where like you see the giant plane coming over the smaller one, you're just like, oh shit, it's about to go down. Yeah. All everything about the prologue is wonderful. Having said that, every single time I'm just like, th they're gonna drop this plane, it's gonna explode. There's not gonna be any blood left because everything's gonna burn in a giant fire. Right. <laughs> like, and what even is if the there... point of any of this? Right. If even if there was there would also be that other guy's original blood. Unless that yeah. guy had, unless they took all of the blood out of his body and they just put a <laughs> tiny little court in there, they'd be like, why does this guy have more blood? I like, mean, or they could question, it like, they could question the crash, like, why did, apropos of seemingly nothing, the fucking wings ripped off the plane? Yeah, like, where the, the wings ripped went down by there, itself. They like, blew what? the top off of the plane, like that. Yeah. Like, there's just, like, yeah. debris all the way up, and then there's, like, like an explosion. It doesn't right. make any fucking sense. Wouldn't you th think that this was, like, an important plane, or maybe, maybe it wasn't, like, a, I don't know, maybe this is just, like, a nothing thing that no one ever reports on, ever, really? But, like, wouldn't they have someone, because, like, a plane expert could probably come in and be like, yeah, that can't happen. Planes can't <laughs> lose their wings in that exact precise way that looks like they were almost, like, you know, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. But uh, I will, like, somewhat forgive it for the spectacle. It is, yeah, the spectacle is great. Yeah. <clears throat> so we cut to Gotham, and the city is celebrating Harvey Dent Day, which is a new holiday to honor Dent at Bruce Wayne's mansion. Yep. Again, like we mentioned, it's been eight years since the events of The Dark Knight, and there are references to the fact that crime has gone way down and that Batman is nowhere to be found. Um, at the same time, no one has seen Bruce Wayne in person for years either, and yet no one connects those two dots, which I think is kind of interesting, except for yeah. John Blake, for other <sighs> reasons, which are stupid. <laughs> yeah. um, I just want to make um, sure we don't gloss over like the uh, the actors that we're peppered with here. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, we got Matthew Modine here. We've Fuck got yeah. uh, what's his name from Lost here, Nestor Carbonell. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, no. well, yeah, but like the the I'm thinking of oh. um, um, what the hell's his name? Juliet's uh, who who Ben kills. Sorry, yeah, if you yeah, haven't yeah. lost by now, everyone. Um, <laughs> I can't remember his name, but he's like the he's the one that like uh, Catwoman's hitting on. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. the congressman. Yes. Um, so Jim Gordon is considering reading a speech that reveals what happened with Harvey Dent, um, but he decides against it. So he tables that um, for a different speech. I mean, uh, made, check off, check oh, yeah. off speech. <laughs> Definitely. There's there's a couple. There are a few check yeah. things. There's a check speech. There's a check European cafe. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. In the in, in, in the uh, in trying to uh, have an olive branch, I will try to <laughs> say things that I like about this movie and i like i like that gordon is like wrestling wrestling with whether or not like uh, this early i like that we're seeing him wrestle with that even if yeah. it's like a little bit of a checkoffs thing and you're and i forgot Nestor, yeah i forgot nestor carbonell was in this scene does because he, he introduces gordon right yeah yeah i think uh i haven't rewatched batman begins or the dark knight in a while but i do think that gary oldman is really good in this movie in particular um yeah. i think he like to your point james i think like him 
wobbling with the like the choice that he made you know eight years ago and like how that affects his character moving forward yeah um throughout this movie i think is really strong work from gary oldman yeah um and uh, yeah so i i like the idea that he was going to give the speech but decides not to i like i think that that's like really yeah. an interesting character choice um the idea that he just like spoiler alert uh leaves that speech in his coat pocket for like an undetermined amount of time just seems yeah. a little wild yeah, and convenient to me but you know whatever it is what it is yeah yeah i mean they, it, well they mentioned that um like this is a time of transition right because crime is low there's no batman they mentioned that he was kind of like a wartime commissioner and it's peacetime. Mm-hmm. so he's on his way out he's not needed there's also a really quick line uh that you it's almost like blinking you miss it where they mentioned that gordon's wife left him but took the kids yeah yes. yeah probably so uh getting traumatized by being shot with a or almost shot by a man with half a face That'll sure do it. Yeah. yeah yeah that would do it yeah um so then we cut to a maid played by anne hathaway she's asking questions in the kitchen about bruce um alfred played by michael kane asked her to take bruce's meal to his wing of the mansion also great uh, michael kane always great always great no 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 problems with that uh and Ath- and hathaway i maybe we'll get into it a little bit more i i i don't i don't love it i don't okay. I, I just think she stands out too much i i just don't buy her as selena kyle and i'm i truly think that i'm not saying that because now we have zoe kravitz who just knocks it out <laughs> the park perhaps Aaron is not um, as much of a the Batman fan. No, I am not. Um, do we think that Michael Caine is trying in this film, or do we think that he's giving it his jaws for I'm just doing this for the money performance? I, I would say maybe a little bit of a healthy in between. Yeah, I think that there are there are moments where it definitely feels like he's there for the paycheck, but I do think that there are other moments where he does seem to be yeah. more invested. I find him to feel more invested in the first two this one yeah. less so but i would he's certainly not phoning it in that's for sure no there's like there's one moment that we'll get to that i feel like is prime alfred material and i don't think he was phoning it in so yeah um so uh alfred denies miranda tate marion cotillard um mm. cotillard cotillard sorry I'm not, I'm not shaking my head at your pronunciation i just like i hate her in this movie I don't understand how she I, I she's a great actress. I don't understand how she could be so fucking bad in this movie. She's I think, awful. I think, I think I don't think it's her acting. I think it's what she's given to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, uh okay. Tell <laughs> tell me, and truly both of you, but especially you, Colin, tell me, I'm skipping ahead, that when she dies. That's rough. Yeah. that is that's rough, rough. it's pretty yeah. it's really rough it okay. is is rough by her, anyone's standards is that yes her or is that that nolan who stamped off on that you mean like no one like put her in that position she's like how the fuck am i supposed to act in this yes. scene yeah. and he's like i don't care find a way to do it figure it yeah. out um, <laughs> yes. this is how i yeah. envisioned the shot to be framed so deal with it yeah <laughs> that also said again i'm i'm <clears throat> I think she fucking sucks in Inception too. So just say that now <laughs> as well. You don't like her in Inception? No, I do not. I love her wow. in Inception. I love I love Inception. I don't love her in Inception. I okay. hate her name in it also. <laughs> I just Dom and Ma. Ma? Dom Cobb and Ma. You don't like Dom Cobb? I don't like Dom Cobb or Ma. 
Anyhow, so Alfred is Sorry, not Miranda Tate meet with Bruce. Um, Miranda and Daggett, played by the always wonderful Ben Mendelsohn. Gotta love Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, I always. legitimately forgotten that he was in this movie. Oh, he's great. <laughs> it and was one he... of my first exposures to him. Yeah, when he showed up, I was like, oh shit, it's our guy. So that, yeah. was, uh, that was a fun My brother and I will, <clears throat> whenever there is an exciting circumstance... My brother or I will look at one of the other and we'll say, can we get some girls in here? <laughs> Just to really celebrate. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> one of the best line deliveries of the movie. <laughs> so good. <laughs> anyway, so they have a little tete-a-tete where he mocks her for her Save the World Vanity Project, um, which we will get into later. There's a, um, this, this party, this first bit, like it's a lot of building for what comes later. So it's a lot of like, okay, put a pin in this. It'll come back. Um, so we get Selena meeting Bruce. She has cracked his uncrackable safe to steal his mother's pearls. Um, instead of being like really mad or confrontational, Bruce is kind of amused and actually impressed by her. I like that. I also like that he shoots her with an arrow or shoots an arrow Almost. at her. Almost yeah. like... <laughs> What a way to just make an entrance. I I like Bruce. Like I like um, his actions in this scene. I I gotta say I'm not a big fan of uh, recluse Bruce. The woe mm-hmm. was me. Uh, eight years, buddy. Come on, come the fuck on. Like if it was like he's been a recluse for like two years, I'd probably buy it more. But like him, just like skinny and like uh, Rachel, like for eight years. Yeah, like, this is this is not the batman that i know and i i think i thought that then as well but i was i didn't care yeah <laughs> i think i know yeah i'll this kind of plays into one of the parts of the film or like motivations behind the film that i think doesn't work we'll get to, yeah we'll get to, we'll get to yeah <laughs> um so it's like a comeback story they try to they're trying to set up like a fun like batman's back kind of thing yeah. and i yeah. just the, the the steps that they take to get there, especially any involving Joseph Gordon-Levitt, just it, it <laughs> don't work for me. Anyway, more on so that in a moment. She kicks out the cane from under him and flips out the window. Um, th- I like this little sequence. Um, she flips out the window and she rips off kind of the collars of her maid outfit to make it look like she's wearing just a black dress um, to fit in with the you know the people who at the party to make her get yeah. away. Uh, we cut to the roof of the police station by the old kind of desiccated bat signal. We have a new character here, John Blake, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he is reporting a missing congressman to Gordon. The congressman is the congressman that um, Selena Kyle has gotten a ride with. Okay, um, sorry, I gotta, go I gotta, I gotta stop Please. us here as well. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so two things: one. His reporting of the missing congressman is another one of those blanket and you'll miss it lines where I definitely missed it. Like, cause you just sometimes don't know what's like, what do I need to know? And what don't I need to know? And so eventually when, when Anne Hathaway shows up with the congressman later, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Did they like lay that groundwork? And it was just cause I missed a line. I just missed one line. Well, in your defense, it is like a line that is just kind of a more or less a throwaway line. But I also yeah. feel like they didn't do a good job of setting him up as a congressperson. Like he was they did at the yeah. party, but you like and you know that he's interacting with Matthew Modine's character, and like you get the vibe that Matthew Modine's character is somehow involved with the police. Yeah. But you don't really get what's going on with the congressman's character. And so it I I definitely the first like two, three, maybe even four times that I saw this, I was like, wait, what? 
Like I don't, I yeah. never like fully got how we were supposed to get there. You obviously get there, but I was right. just like, wait, it 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 felt very like out of nowhere the yeah. first several times, and now I'm like, okay, I do see what's happening, but I yeah. they didn't do a very good job. To your point, like you were saying earlier, I think there's a lot of stuff at the beginning of this movie that is just like we're just throwing you into the world and like, you'll figure it out or you won't, but like, we're just going to like hit the ground running and we'll get there when we get there. It's just more so it's in such a sharp contrast the way they do that compared to the other two. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I will say that I feel like the Congressman character only exists for Selena Kyle and kind of Selena Kyle's subplot. I feel like you could have reworked this. I mean, you could have reworked this script a lot of ways, right? (laughs) You could have reworked this script so that, you could have like conflated the congressman character with Matthew Modine's character. Don't you feel like you could have done that? Just a composite, a composite character. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah. Totally. I anyway. mean, yeah. I mean, you know, Blake, Blake wants to know like what's happening, like what happened about when Harvey Dent died and he's like, okay. So I also think Joe's Gordon Levitt fucking sucks in this movie. I hate his performance. <laughs> it is overacted. Like, it almost it, it's like a sharp like it, or i don't know it, it's it is like a tight race between marion cotillard and joseph gordon levitt <laughs> for the over like acting performance of this movie i think joseph gordon levitt still takes it i hate it hate his performance they lay it on so thick that he sees the truth and knows what happened to dent and it is so annoying just like fucking get to it already and mercifully he it kind of he kind of finds out by halfway through the movie what happened yeah. And it's like, good God, like he he exists. His, his lines are some of my least favorite in the entire movie. I just he does not give him many good lines. And I cannot wait for the moment that I hate the most. I think probably <laughs> possibly my most hated moment in the entire movie. Uh, <laughs> he is involved. Um, We'll get to it. But I love when he there's this situation with a gun and he's like, oh, and throws it away. And then the next scene, he's just rocking a giant double barrel shotgun. Oh my god! Didn't like? Don't we understand how movies work? Didn't we just show that can he doesn't we, like guns? Can we all just agree right now before we start getting into like the John Blake arc that his arc is bullshit? His like it's so poorly done. It's so like half assed. Like trying to steer him to where he ends up at the very 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 end of the movie is just so sloppy mm-hmm. and done mostly in dialogue and inconsistent like action like like the gun thing and it's just uh, <laughs> more on that more on that later <laughs> anyway um so back at Wayne Manor Bruce is in the back cave where he hasn't been in quite a while um he's looking into Selena Kyle he sees that she's kind of this prolific jewel thief and he realizes that she wasn't after his mother's pearls, but actually after his fingerprints. Um, Alfred kind of admonishes Bruce, which is like a really shitty thing for him to do, but he does here. He admonishes Would, Bruce. That wouldn't you be sick it. of it too, though? Eight years of him being all I woe mean, is me. I bet yeah, Alfred, I Alfred's been waiting for this moment to lay into him. So yeah. So he lays into Bruce that Bruce kind of didn't pick up the pieces of his life after Harvey and Rachel died. So um, Alfred gives him this anecdote telling him that when Bruce originally left to go train to become Batman, that he used to take a yearly holiday in Florence. um, And he didn't know whether Bruce was dead or alive. He didn't know where he was. But he used to take a holiday there and go to this cafe, hoping to chance upon Bruce living a happy, normal life. Um, Chekhov's Florence Cafe. Get ready for that later. 
<laughs> and he also has a Fernet Branca, which I, yeah. I've heard that line a million times, never heard the subtitles. And it wasn't until I had Fernet for the first time that I knew what he was saying. <laughs> Wait, what, what's he saying? So hooray to me, Fernet Branca or Blanca or whatever it's called. I think it's, I think it is Branca with an R. I'm right. not 100% sure though. Yeah, it's like a digestivo or something. Uh, like yeah. it's, uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, Bruce is like, there's nothing out there for me. Like Rachel was my everything. <laughs> Fucking Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh boy. Um, so <laughs> why, we, not, gonna be a, why not Katie Holmes? You know what? Katie Holmes I think Katie Holmes is better. <laughs> no, I, it's, it, no, it's Maggie not. Maggie Gyllenhaal it, is better. Maggie Gyllenhaal is better. No, no. She's got more spice. She's got more personality. I don't like it. Are we talking about just like generally, or are we talking about as Rachel? No, oh, as, as Rachel. As Rachel. I okay. think Maggie Gyllenhaal is better generally, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think I would uh, have to agree with you, James. I, I think I prefer Katie Holmes as Rachel. And I'm as shocked as anyone is to, to hear myself say that, I, but I think it's how I feel. No, Maggie Gyllenhaal, she's got a little, she's a firecracker. Mm-hmm. I, I think she overacts in that movie too. Fair enough. <laughs> but anyway this is gonna be a five hour episode it might be um Maybe we'll so just have to do it in two parts we'll see if it makes sense <laughs> we're following john blake uh our detective or he's not even a detective yet he's a police officer our he's police a hothead officer. is what he is yeah <laughs> um so homeless people are washing up dead from the tunnels underneath the city and the police aren't sure why um put a pin in that so the, the boy that they find is from the orphanage where john blake grew up so he goes to investigate Wait, sorry, out. I have to stop you again. I'm sorry. This is really going to be a five-hour episode. Um, <laughs> when he sees he sees the boy drawing the bad symbol, and he's like, "So you know about him?" It is a dumb fucking line because no shit, the boy knows who Batman is. Like, it's still. I mean, I guess maybe the boy's eight. I mean, it's been eight years, but like, come on, this guy. Of course, he's heard of the Batman. I would say now. this kid was probably ten. So like the most charitable read of that situation is that the kid just like was not like old enough to be conscious when Batman went away. But the idea that like anybody who is like alive in Gotham is unaware of Batman is laughable. Right. Exactly. Well, he is. Yeah. We're just going to have to let it go. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about uh, our boy, Burn Gorman. Oh, Burn Gorman. <laughs> one of the best. Burn Gorman and Rip Torn, the two best celebrity names of all time, maybe. Yeah, good they stuff. are pretty good. <laughs> but he finds out that the Wayne Foundation previously funded the orphanage, but that has stopped, and he is not sure why. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I skipped over that. No, that's fine. Um, so now we cut to Selena. She is selling Bruce's fingerprints to a buyer. She still has the congressman with her. Um, so she is in a bar with Daggett's associates. I forget his name. Um, she it's Bernie double- Gorman. Who, who cares what his real name is? Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, <laughs> she gets double crossed, um, but outsmarts the buyer by tricking him into using the congressman's phone, drawing the police to them. Now, the timeline of this makes no sense mm-hmm. because it means that the police would pick up on the call and be racing to where the congressman was within five seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're gonna go with. It. Wait, but wait, but what is what what does Selena want? Why is she there? Oh well, why don't you tell us? She wants the clean slate because we're watching a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Like <laughs> the perfect tool for a master jewel. <laughs> yep. I did, I, I did not come here today expecting a, an excellent Ben Mendelsohn, and I, I couldn't be happier. 
Um, okay, but seriously, is, is the clean slate not just a fucking like fast X kind of like plot device? Yeah, no, it absolutely is. It, to- it totally it doesn't is. Even, it doesn't make sense. How could that even work? You plug it into like a USB drive and it erases you from like every network on the planet. Right. And I think that that might be what everyone in the audience is thinking. And no one knows that. And so what does he do? He decides to literally have a line that it says that it's a stupid idea. And obviously it doesn't exist. <laughs> Except it does. Because Batman, that's the biggest like Adam West Batman has a gadget for everything kind of moment. <laughs> True. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So anyway, so the police come, there's a big shootout. Um, the trail leads into the sewers. Gordon gets kidnapped and finds out that there's this entire operation going on in the sewers. There's men, there's weapons, there's an encampment. Um, all run by Bane. So we get Bane meeting Gordon. Um, Gordon rolls into the rushing water to escape, but not before Bane takes his speech about the truth of Harvey Dent, which he has been keeping in his jacket for reasons unknown. Yeah. And this is also when we see how absolutely truly yoked Tom Hardy got for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. I, he looks great. Good for him. Uh, yeah. He, when he, cause he's like hunched over, he's like kind of like crouched when they first get down there. And so when he stands up and most of the movie, he's like wearing either like a coat or a vest or something, but he like he's shirtless in this scene. And so when he stands up and he turns around, you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. Is he's got like Tom veins Hardy? in his back. Like, yeah. yeah. What? what? Like, I didn't know. You, I didn't know people had <laughs> veins in their back unless that was a scar. Maybe it was just a scar. But you like he breaks a guy's neck. He's like, search him and then I will kill you. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Bane. This is in, this was when I was just like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh in the first time the first time um and yeah and then like and it, rapid fire though i mean gordon flies out of the sewer and then blake immediately finds yes. him yes because that's where the orphan was and so i i mean good on blake for just finding for just deducing that but it's like it happens so fast and also i think this is the first moment before when blake is trying to talk about the sewers and like the body in the sewers that's when matthew modine for the first of many times says someone get this hothead out of here mm-hmm. and it is There's like a lot of hothead talk there yeah. is it is the the um rachel dawes saying thugs in <laughs> batman begins of this movie <laughs> they just like Absolutely. were in love with that word and they just keep saying it and it's it's so funny that's one of the things like i get you know the, the difference between like a movie that's like so bad it's amazing like the room or a movie that like just truly pisses me off and i can't find joy in it like batman and robin uh i know that i know i'm not like uh i'm not alone in that but i'm also like some people think i'm way too hard on it but that's fine but like this is like that the whole hothead thing is like a great example of something i think is incredibly amusing about this movie i don't i don't hate it i think it's fucking (laughs) funny the other kind of ridiculous thing about this movie when we're saying they're down in the sewers is if you have not seen this film you're thinking sewers like sewers like you would be thinking of like like teenage mutant ninja turtles sewers yeah yeah this is like (laughs) a weird techno industrial like hunger games basement level like super sewer Mm -hmm. what what is this there is no sewer on the planet that looks like this i ask you how many sewers have you been into few i guess but I've, i i have been zero in, for me i've been in not that many sewers that could contain armies this sewer contains armies well yeah yeah it's like an aqueduct like underground it's weird yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it's like that it's like that. so uh john blake shows up at wayne manor asking questions about the death of harvey dent 
Um, Blake reveals that he knows Bruce is Batman and Colin or James. How does he know? Because Orphan recognized Orphan. Yeah. <laughs> I see you, Bruce. I was also an angry orphan. Like you, I know you're Batman. I I this is something that I think doesn't work at all, but I want to say that I feel like in a different movie that this actually kind of would work. Like, I'm not, like, so precious about Batman and then, like, you can't figure out who Batman is that easily. I actually think that there's a little bit of, like, there's a better movie that this line or this kind of, like, device is in where it's an actual very emotional, great moment. But because Mm -hmm. we get it right now with barely even knowing who the fuck Blake is, I it just lands with a complete thud for me. Yeah. So um, I alluded to it earlier, and I'll kind of bring it up now, but we can put a pin in it for later. I think one of the key differences this film has versus the first two is that I think this is a very literary film for a number of reasons. And I feel like if this were a novel, that reveal could have worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. We'll get to it. We'll get to it later. But like, to me, this is a very literary film and we can talk yeah. about that, what that looks like and what that means. Later. But I feel like, again, this is a very literary scene. Like in a novel, you could have pulled this off in a movie. I don't think. It is. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't have thought of that, but since you, like, when you mention it, I do agree. Because I think I don't necessarily have as big of a problem with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance in this movie as James clearly does. But I do agree that I think his performance is one of the weaker aspects of this movie. And so, Aaron, to your point, I think if you were just reading this, like, if you were, like, flipping through a novel, I think the, the moment would land a little bit better. But as the is portrayed on screen it is Mm -hmm. pretty clunky yeah yeah in general i think this movie is a lot more about like big themes and big ideas than the first two are Mm -hmm. and i think where that falls flat is in like the quiet small moments because those are not done super well Mm -hmm. so so i but i I actually like this delivery from him more than i like a lot of his one-liners i mean i think it's his one-liners or is like when he has just a couple quick things to say is where he just absolutely is awful delivery here he, I think he's trying his hardest to deliver this. I just, I just think it's the timing in the movie and the fact that we don't know who he is that makes it land a little bit poorly. But either so. way, he wants Bruce to become Batman again and look into Bane. Yep. Um, so Alfred tells Bruce that Dagon and Bane are connected. Um, we get this fun scene where Bruce goes to the hospital. Um, so he gets himself checked into the doctor um, and he does some clandestine Batman work to talk to, do- talk to Gordon. I actually like this scene because um, I think it's a fun balance of like Bruce Wayne and Batman and also the practical thing of like, well, how is Batman supposed to see Gordon if he's in the hospital? Right. Like, how mm-hmm. Well, works? yeah, with the stick that's tied to some floss is how he does it. Tell us about it. Tell us, <laughs> I mean, tell us about the little doctor scene and tell us about how he sees Gordon. I'm actually I, I, I'm making fun, but I actually I, I, I like this moment. I mean, I, for, Tom Lennon is the doctor. Interesting. Yeah, which is great. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I mean, he just, you know, he, he t- goes from his, his uh, hospital room and he like puts this little like thing, wedges a thing in the window and then jumps out the window and what looks like the tiniest, thinnest string I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and That's just like, like strapped you know. to his belt. Yeah. Or yeah. something like it's not terribly clear, but it definitely yeah. seems like it's not going to support his weight when he jumps out a window and needs to get caught by it like four stories down. Also, maybe maybe he, that's a theme. How does he climb back up? I don't know. Maybe that's the theme, though, because this is not the first time somebody jumps uh, off like a, a high, high like place and probably should die. 
and German <laughs> or like, you know, break every bone in their body or something. Can but also, like, go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, can we examine the timeline that the doctor gives? So Bruce Wayne in Batman begins and Bat or Batman begins in the dark Knight. He's Batman for what? Like two years, maybe something yeah, like that. I think there's like that feels two right years between Batman begins and dark Knight. Yeah. So maybe like two, three years. Right. So apparently in that time he has destroyed his body mm-hmm to such a freakish degree in that short of time. Apparently. Well, it sounds like he's like such a recluse that he's like sitting in a, like a gnarled chair all day <laughs> and his body is just like deformed <laughs> now or something. Cause he's just like a miser. It's weird. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's like his body aged like 20 years, even in eight years. It does. Yeah. None of that works. <laughs> none of that works about this movie. They didn't need to do that, or they just didn't need to make it eight years. Um, so Gordon tells Bruce that the Batman needs to return to confront this new evil. He doesn't know it's Bruce. Bruce is wearing a ski mask. So he only knows that he's talking to the Batman, but he says the Batman must come back. I want to, I, I want to, I will sorry, say ahead. one thing that always just like is so wild to me in this movie is that like, I get that Batman can't go to the hospital. Like I get all of those things, but like, it's just a guy in a suit with a ski mask. <laughs> Like, I understand that Gordon's probably on an absurd amount of drugs. Yeah. But it is just, like, totally wild to me that Gordon just, like, is like, yeah, okay, this is... Every interaction I've ever had with Batman has been with, like, the full cowl, cape, everything. And I'm just going to roll with a dude in a suit wearing a ski mask and be like, yep, good enough. Yeah. (laughs) It's been eight years. (laughs) Eight years. I actually, now is the time I want to mention that I don't think it can be overstated how frantic this movie is right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're all these things that we were talking about. I feel like this is like 15 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, um, it's extremely dense up at the top. Like there, but and, and, and like it, there is like a sharp contrast as to to some of the other. Like the, the other two movies take their time in a way this movie doesn't. It's one of the things mm-hmm. I don't like about this movie is, and and this is the, the most simple of examples. But like Bruce, the Doctor leaves, cuts to Bruce, like a like half second shot of Bruce, like getting his mask on or something. And then another like half set, like a second shot of him jumping out the window. And then suddenly he's just like talking to Gordon. He's in the room. He's like listening to him talk. And, and it's like just taking a little more time. And other movies would take a little bit more time, like to have him like see him drop down and then like maybe go into the window. And like, I don't know, just there are little actions that there are little things that we just don't get to see because the movie is cutting because it has so much ground to cover and like, mm-hmm. and only like, two hours and what 40 minutes mm-hmm. it's just it's just i think it was just over ambitious i really wish that they had somehow Wait, dialed back the scale let me just I, I think what i heard you say is that you wish that there was like a four and a half hour dark knight rises cut <laughs> no because no, no, same no. Same, no. same give it to me nolan no. give it to me <laughs> i mean could they possibly could that potentially be a better movie i will no. say yes i think no. it could have been <laughs> no yeah but uh, I, I would what, what, my, what I'm saying, just for the record, my preference <laughs> is that they just do it all again or just erase it from my mind. I'm going to internal <laughs> eternal sunshine and spotless mind this movie from me, from my, from my head. Um, so next we get actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Colin, I know you like this movie, so I wonder if you like this scene. Um, but we get Bruce following Selena to Miranda Tate's fundraiser. Um, I like the whole fundraiser scene. I like this, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, so Miranda tells Bruce, you have to invest if you want to restore balance to the world. 
Who does that sound like? Yoda? Yeah. <laughs> um, Miranda reveals that Bruce spent half of his fortune on a clean energy project that failed to bear fruit. And she says that is part of why Bruce has locked himself away from the world. Do we believe mm. that? Or do we think no, it's all... I don't. I think that's just Nolan and John... The Nolan's trying to explain shit to us that is kind of half thought through. Yeah. Yeah. So Bruce finds Selena. He cuts in and dances with her. Um, sparks fly. They kind of verbally spar back and forth. You can tell there's something between them. She warns him that a storm is coming for the wealthy and powerful of Gotham. And as a fun touch, um, she steals his car. When he goes to leave, he asks the valet for his car and the valet says, oh, your wife took it. I I like this too. And I think this is the kind of like laying some groundwork, like hinting at something coming that I, that I like. Um, I also like think the their sparring is good. It's not like uh, Daniel Craig and Eva Green and Cass- Casino Royale good, uh, mm-hmm. but like I like when she's like, you know, you I wasn't born in the master bedroom of a mansion. He's like, actually, I was born in the Regency room. That was great, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed this whole sequence. Like basically, him follow like him going to her place and then like following her to the the banquet. Or like the fundraiser or whatever and then his interaction with miranda at the fundraiser where he's like yeah this is all bullshit and she's like well actually it's mine and he's like yeah it's very nice yeah <laughs> like that's well, all he really says like... normally the society hag yeah, yeah. that's something like that and she's <laughs> yeah. like oh well that's me i'm the society hag <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oops. yeah so bruce visits lucius um lucius points out that bruce is the one who shelved the nuclear fission project losing massive amounts of money bruce kind of points out that it's because it was unsafe or they they couldn't be sure of all the checks and balances on it we get some from sorry information that daggett has large shares in wayne enterprises but bruce still has enough shares to keep himself in control of the company Anytime movies delve into who has the controlling amount of shares, my eyes immediately glaze over and I stop caring. <laughs> yeah. Um, but remember that it'll be important for later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so despite the fact that he has no Batman requests, um, Lucia still shows him an armory full of bat stuff, which I think is fun. I thought that was, that was a, I like that line too. So well, I'll just show you some stuff anyway. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense for Lucius's character. He's probably been like desperately waiting for Bruce to show up. Yeah. I wish more people needed to just tell Bruce that he was being a bitch. For those last eight years yeah i like how basically they all kind of sat on their asses and did and said nothing yeah until now yeah. uh so there is now a bat plane called the bat um, which i think is really stupid the autopilot is down but it's something that lucius suggests that bruce can fix um it is that that's another line yeah, that's like another like that that was one that i didn't miss the first time because it kind of like reeked of like this is going to be important, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and that's not like a pat on the back. I feel like they're 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 trying to get you to pay attention to that line. Um, yeah. I I like I also like that Lucius is like also trying to set Bruce up. He's like Miranda Tate, very lovely. Yeah. Like, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like everyone is just trying to get Bruce to like shut up about Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Um. So should we talk about the bat for a second? Because the bat does feature into the film. I mean, the ending, it features heavily. It features in the film a few times. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The bat is, I was reading this in the development notes. It was designed to be as militarily accurate as it could be. um, Because just like the rumbler um, from Batman Begins and the Dark Knight, they wanted like something that could feel like a real vehicle in this world. 
-hmm. So even though the bat isn't based on anything real, they wanted it to feel like a real piece of military equipment. Which, say what you will about this film, I think it actually does look like a piece of military yeah. equipment. Yeah, I, I have no problems with the bat. I agree that, like, calling it the bat is just, like, a, a real groaner. Like, when yeah. Lucius is just like, it probably has some, you know, designation, yeah. some Wayne Enterprises, whatever, whatever, but I just call it the bat. The bat. I was like, oh yeah. my god, okay. And then, it, and yes, Mr. Wayne, it does it come, does come back. <laughs> that's yeah, a good line. One where, yeah, yeah, that's, a, one that's where, a good callback. Ah, okay. But isn't the one they were looking at in black? I th- it's you don't oh, really get a good shot of it in yeah. that, but I think it's like a grayish color. Like I think there is like one like one shot where you can kind of see it behind one of them. Yeah, and it does look gray. I thought it was in black anyway, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, so Bruce is finally ready to go back into action. Um, he's getting back into Batman mode. He's in the Batcave. He's looking things up. Um, Alfred comes and tries to warn him about Bane. Alfred has also been doing his research. He finds out that Bane was born and raised in a hellish underground prison where very few ever escape, seemingly somewhere in the Middle East. Um, Once he did, he was trained by Ra's al Ghul, but was excommunicated from the League of Shadows. Um, Alfred kind of begs Bruce to get help, or I'm sorry, he begs Bruce to help the city as Bruce, not as Batman. He's worried mm-hmm. that Bruce will die fighting this battle against Bane. Aaron, as a Batman the Animated Series and comic lover, how did you feel about just Ra's al Ghul's name being mentioned and the League of Shadows being mentioned generally, without even the connection to Batman Begins? Other than maybe validated, if you might have seen this coming. I mean, I immediately was like, well, Miranda's Talia al Ghul. Absolutely. Well, yeah. This is when literally, if they hadn't already thought this, this is when literally every single comic book Batman fan in the entire universe was like, Miranda is Talia Cool. Yeah. Well, also, like, it's a movie, so it doesn't follow the comics. So, like, Bane and the comics typically has no interaction with Rachel Ghoul or the League yeah. of Shadows, but they're putting mm-hmm. them together. I was okay with this mythology. I'm film. totally fine with it, too. Yeah. 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 I actually kind of okay I actually kind of like it. I think it's a pretty clever way to bring Bane into it. There's sloppiness behind it a little bit, but it's clever. I think if you think about it, it's a it's a nice way to tie the whole like trilogy together. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes and no. I I kind of dislike when trilogies kind of revive the villain from part one to cap off part three. It's like I love Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, but it's like we already did Nazis. We're doing Nazis again. Okay. Yeah, like the newest Star Wars film, my beloved episode nine, which I love and is a great film, as we all know. But it's like, like we're Palpatine again. Yeah, you're doing Palpatine again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to give the movie a little bit of a compliment, but like I guess in general that does sort of annoy me, but it doesn't bother me as much here. And I what I'm just shocked about is that you glossed over the automatic broken leg fixer thing that bruce has <laughs> oh like, yes tell what us the about fuck it. is that thing it, he's like wearing this weird like almost looks like a thing you wear to like work out when you work out to like help with your joints it like, like a brace yeah and, but it, it like it it like fixes his leg it like squeezes his leg really tight and then he kicks a wall and breaks it there are two instances of like brick or concrete being broken by punches or kicks 
And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. There wasn't that in Batman Begins. Yeah. None of that in the Dark Knight. Like, this isn't Dragon Ball. Like, but one yeah. of them, one of them, Bane does it. And I'm like, yes. Good. No, yes. No. Good. <laughs> no, I, I like it. Fist. I know. A I like it. Concrete pillar. No. I like it. Even though it, it, like, I feel like comic Bane still couldn't do that. I don't care. No. I thought that was cool. I don't like it here. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is just, it's just such a, um, it, there's just this purposefully, the thing I don't like about the general like history or like the lore they're trying to set up for Bane and this is like kind of ominous like um, foreshadowing of like Alfred's story is so kind of like purposefully vague, not like purposely from the intent of Alfred, but from the writers. Like it's so transparent. Like it's they're just throwing in a little bit of a hint of what's to come and how vague Alfred's story is and how quickly it's delivered. It's like here, here's the time I should probably tell you about this. It doesn't totally seem unrealistic. It's just obviously very vague it's like oh we're gonna get more details about that later well i compare this to alfred's story about um like in the dark knight about the guy who's the jewel thieves yeah yeah and it's like the jewel thief scene is like 10 out of 10 like shelf's kiss why isn't this i don't have the answer to that but they're clearly similar scenes Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know Anyhow, um, we get one of my other favorite scenes. I like this exchange a lot um, at the stock exchange. So Bane and his associates break into the stock exchange. They're in disguise um, and the police quickly surround the place. Quick, so, quick pause. Uh, yep. Yes. <laughs> I know. Uh, our, Please. our number one boy, Glenn Powell, shows up as yes. some douchebag stock trader. Yep. <laughs> okay, I, nice. I I mean, he's been on my radar for a while, and I can't remember the last time I watched this movie, but I feel like this was the first time that I clocked that it was him, and I was like, oh, Glenn yeah. Powell! <laughs> Glenn Powell's in this movie. I don't. Th- I had no idea who he was then. I feel like I didn't like really appreciate who he was until Everybody Wants Some. Yeah. And then going back to rewatch this movie, you're like, damn, our boy Glenn Powell. Like, I hope he doesn't get typecast as kind of like a bro for his whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and, and, it's, and he didn't, kind of. You know, yeah, oh. he's he's fairly broy in Taco Maverick, but yeah, I, I mean, was thinking that's... of the other one with Zoe. Um, what's her name? Oh, set it up, set Zoe it up, Do- Zoe Deutsch. Zoe Deutsch, set, set it up's great. Yeah. Anyway, sidebar. All I right. just yep. got excited when I saw Glenn Powell, and it needed to be mentioned. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we've had Glenn Powell corner. Very nice. And he doesn't tip the shoe shiner. He does not, because he's a dick. Because all financial people in this movie are evil. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the can we can we all just agree that the movie lays that on really thick? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no money for you to steal here. Well, then what are you people doing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not our money. It's everybody's. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, um, so Bane and his associates escape by motorcycle while carrying hostages with them. So there's some kind of transaction that they want to go through. There's like a ticking, like transaction almost complete kind of thing going on. We don't know what that is yet. We'll get there. Um, So they're driving through the tunnels. All the lights in the tunnel go dark and who should show up but the Batman. The police are so kind of overwhelmed and excited by Batman has shown up that they let Bane get away so that they can chase Batman. (laughs) And Matthew Modine's character even says, he's like, what are you crazy? Like, this is our chance to catch the Batman. How about when Bane is like cycling, like, I, I don't know if, if he seems like they just let him go. I mean, they, he has a hostage on his bike, but they, it looks like go. they let him go. And then when Bruce gets surrounded and then he shoot, he shoots the conveniently placed ramp, 
nobody fucking shoots him. They just let him like go past them. Mm-hmm. That's like the first of 700 times in this movie where Batman either on foot or in a vehicle is not shot at. And you could literally pause the frame and see guns being pointed at him that no one shoots. Watching yeah. the action scenes in Nolan Batman movies is sometimes painful because he has these awesome like group takedowns. But if you pause freeze frame or slow-mo it, there's like people with guns pointed at Batman yeah. who just kind of wait until he kicks the shit out of them. They're doing yeah. the whole like Assassin's Creed thing where like one you're in a group and one character, you have to like fight one character and then the AI will wait until you yes. beat that character and yes. then will join mm-hmm. will join in. And like <laughs> that said, uh I mean action scenes, say what you will about so any of the Nolan action scenes, but like I mean the, the truck scene, that whole scene in, in Lower Wacker is doesn't have that problem and fucking rolls. Yeah. Um, so while all this chaos is going on, we cut to Selena, who is stealing for another safe, which is empty. Uh, cut to Bruce, who catches the stock exchange thief, but whatever transaction he was attempting has gone through. Um, uh-oh, the police then corner him, and he makes his escape via the bat. Um, we get another one of my favorite moments. Um, Daggett and his accomplice, <laughs> accomplish, accomplice, Daggett and his accomplice are enjoying the success of the heist. Um, can we, we get, get some the, girls in here? Can we get some girls in here? <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Catwoman shows up, right? She's after yeah. a program called the Clean Slate, as we <laughs> talked about before, that can completely erase a person's history. Oh, God. Um, but she's been duped. It doesn't exist. Another fun line I, I like from Selena Kyle is like, like they call her a dumb bitch or something. And yeah, she goes, wow, I've never been called dumb before. <laughs> That's a good line. But I also hate when he's just like, does it sound like it's too good to be true? She's like, you're lying. It's like, what? <laughs> no. um, I'm going to... So this is the first time we've seen Selena Kyle in her like Catwoman yeah. garb. Yes. And again, I don't have a history with the comics. So like, I don't know, like, I don't care if this is not comics accurate. I think her design in this movie is awesome. Like I like the little glasses that like flip up and mm-hmm. like, that's where like the cat ears come from. I think that that's so cool. And I, I think it, it fits really well in the world of Nolan's Batman universe where like everything is like mm-hmm. fairly realistic. I mean, obviously like some things are not realistic at all, but like for the most part, it is fairly yeah grounded in what we would expect to be like a real world. And I felt like that was a really good way of making a character whose like whole shtick is that she dresses up like a cat yeah. seem more reasonable. So I, 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 I actually really love the design of Catwoman in this movie. I, I would I won't say like I love it, but I agree with all your points. Like they I, definitely could have they, they, it they works. Yeah, they could have gone the direction of her like using a whip, which would be more like comics and TV show appropriate, but they wisely didn't because I don't think that would have worked. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so Bane's men show up. Um, this is again one of the scenes, the fight scenes where there's just like huge group of guys, all their guns pointing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like no one's shooting at Batman or Bat or Batwoman. <laughs> no one's shooting at Batman or Cap. <laughs> Um, so Batman arrives and together they take down the thugs. Um, Batman growls his no kill rule at Selena. Um, no guns, no killing. 
uh she kind of balks um but she doesn't balks. he do a, he does more of his like the 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 you know if you guys have seen like the bad man things that pete holmes does that when he made fun of the the mm-hmm. dark knight movies like the the kind of like open mouth like mouth breathing stuff yeah that is more in this movie than any of the other ones correct yeah yeah okay i just oh. kind of wanted a sanity check on that i'm pretty i was pretty sure that that's like all almost all from this movie so that's how that feels that that was really cool. I love, I love that. Love that that whole really bit. like I thought oh, that was yes. stupid. I, didn't, oh, I, I, mean, I I love that. I didn't like that. It's it is very dumb, but I also was just like like I every time I, I just have a smile on my face. I'm like, yeah. yeah, this is a really stupid line, but it works for me, and so I'm just like, let's go. It works on me too. <clears throat> um, but she reveals that she sold Bruce's fingerprints to Daggett, then disappears, leaving Batman to say, like we just said, so that's what that feels like. So again, this movie, like all of Nolan's film have a density to them, but this film, again, there's like no line that you can disregard. Like there's no throwaway lines. So when she mentions that she sold his fingerprints to Daggett, like this follows the long chain since the beginning of the movie of her stealing the fingerprints. Finally, it all comes back. But I feel like there was an easier way to get to all of Bruce Wayne's money is gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so back at the Batcave, um, Alfred again warns Bruce about Bane. He tells him that, like, he's looking at the footage of the stock exchange. He's telling him how ferocious, how fast Bane is, and that Bane has kind of this, like, passion of belief. Um, Alfred tells Bruce, or leaves Bruce, telling him that he can't watch him destroy himself any longer. This is, like, pinnacle Alfred material here. I love Alfred in this. Um, Bruce tells him that he can't go on because Rachel couldn't go on without him either. So Alfred, in turn, breaks Bruce's heart. He tells him about the letter that he burned in the Dark Knight. Um, and this is a line that I love from Alfred. He says, maybe it's time we all stop trying to outsmart the truth and let it have its day. And then Bruce tells him goodbye. Um, and he kind of tells him, I know what this means. I know it'll mean your hatred. I know it'll mean kind of you never want to see me or talk to me again. But he says, I'm doing this because maybe this will save your life. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Bruce tells him goodbye. Um, and, uh, that kind of ends that portion of the film. Yeah. So quick, some quick thoughts. Uh, one, the immediate next scene is, uh, Bruce waking up and being like, Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You remember when literally last night he said he was leaving? Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought um, that was Bruce, silly. you baby. You just, it's <laughs> like, you, yeah. What a baby. Um, yeah. and then the other thing I wanted to mention was for the, I think, literally the first time ever i didn't watch this movie in one sitting um i was dog sitting for my sister last night and so i started watching the movie last night and i got to about this point and they just got home and i was like this seems like a good stopping point um i'll finish it up tomorrow and so this is basically like an hour into the movie and so we've kind of talked about this already but there's just so much stuff that happens in the first hour of this movie and for the first time ever, I was like, like just stopping it here and not immediately going into the second half. Um, I was like, have I been too high on this movie? Like, it's kind <laughs> of a mess, like in a way that yeah. I really enjoy. But like, there's just so much happening and it all feels like loose threads. Um, yeah. And I think there's like. Okay, well, what's going on with Selena and the fingerprints? What's going on with Daggett and his whole plan? What's going on with Bane and his whole plan? And somehow all three of these things are related, but it's really not clear how. And then 
there's just like it just feels like there's just so much stuff that I like I said for the first time I was like maybe I maybe I've been too high on this movie (laughs) spoiler alert yeah uh it all comes together in a way that I find deeply satisfying (laughs) well I I submit that maybe if you had watched it all in one sitting that you would have felt differently maybe Well, I'll also say too, James and I were talking about this in terms of the outline and I like outlined this and I kind of ended act one here because I felt like the, the kind of gut punch of Alfred leaving Bruce is like a real kind of act break, Mm -hmm. but it's not also this movie is like, we talked about the three act structure with psycho recently on the podcast. I feel like this movie warrants kind of a discussion about its three act structure it's oh, really I wasn't prepared weird. for that, but you're right. Well, I mean, we don't have to make it we don't have to make it like a long drawn out thing, but like this has a very very long first act. Mm-hmm. A very long, very dense first act. And I would argue that a pretty significant second act, pretty short third act. Mm-hmm. It I mean, it's like well, I guess so I I view it as like the, this until or like the start until backbroken is yeah. all act 1, which is yeah. like which is so an long. hour and 30 minutes yeah. or something. It's, it, it's and, literally like half of the movie. Yeah. And then act two is basically up until Batman comes back to the city, which is like maybe another 30 minutes. And then I think the the last act is like 40 minutes or something. Like I don't know if I have the time right, but yeah, it's crazy. Just like Psycho. It's got like an insanely long first act, like longer than I feel like most movies do. Mm-hmm. So, so where we, where we see next is... Bruce wakes up in the morning and Lucius tells him that the stock trade that was made by Bane and his goons was Bruce's and now he's broke. Whoops. Uh, And so Daggett is controlling interest in Wayne Enterprises as Aaron's eyes glaze over. Um, unless Financial someone else crimes, sign me yeah, up. <laughs> right. Unless someone, how did you feel about the big short Aaron? Never seen it actually. Oh, that oh, doesn't wow. sound like your type of movie. I will say, I, I, my eyes also glaze over when people talk about money. Uh, but I thought the Big Short was quite good. If it's my money and people want to give me the money, my eyes are not glazed. Sure, they're white. Yeah, they're wide open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, naturally, naturally. Um, so yeah, so unless someone else steps up, Daggett will have controlling interest. And so Bruce has Lucius in a moment of kind of desperation. Um, Bruce has Lucius show Miranda the fusion reactor. And Bruce makes it very abundantly clear that he is concerned that the reactor could be too easily turned into a nuclear weapon because that won't happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, like Bruce comes outside and like, like at another point and his, his car is towed. Like after, I think was this after he is, he goes up to the Wayne enterprise board and he's, he's, uh, he's kicked out. He's ousted, mm-hmm. comes back down. Well, his cars. Yeah. Let's examine that between the time that Bruce goes up from parking his car gets kicked out of the board to goes down. They have already repossessed his car. Who yeah. The bank. And yeah. it's like, it's on a tow truck. Like it's like, yeah. it's not like they're in the process of getting it on a tow. Like it's, it's like ready to be driven away. Yeah. <laughs> it seems very vindictive. It sure does. <laughs> um, And so we get a scene of Daggett and Bane and Daggett is very displeased that he is that Miranda Tate is now has controlling interest in the company and he summons Bane to him because Pete thinks he has power. Um, and at this point, um, Bane is happy with Miranda running Wayne Enterprises. Um, and 
he, uh, I mean, Daggett's just throwing a hissy fit and says, I like, what are you doing? Like, I'm in charge. And I do love, I hope you love it too, Aaron, that Bane puts his hand on his shoulder and says, do you feel in charge? It is, that is like an excellent moment. What I do you think? he doesn't feel in charge. <laughs> I bet he doesn't. <laughs> what I don't like is what follows where Daggett is like, you're pure evil. And he's like, I'm necessary, I'm necessary evil. evil. The, the you are pure evil line is just like, God, like that, that to me is like out of like a, like a comic book maybe, or like a kid's cartoon, but like not, not in this movie. I don't know. He could have, he could have just said you're evil. Yeah. It's, right. it's the pure evil. That's like, even Bane is not pure evil. Like there's pure evil. Bane is not pure evil. Voldemort's pure evil. Mm-hmm. Like Bane is not. Yes. I have a note on this. I'm so glad you said that, Aaron, because it's like, is he pure? Is he pure evil? The answer oh. is no. Now, if Bane lined up a bunch of uh, puppies and kittens and mowed them down with a machine gun, maybe that lion delivery is, is a lot more appropriate. <laughs> All he did is be happy that Miranda Tate took over the company instead of Daggett. And to him, that is pure evil. It makes no sense. It's a, it's a, just a, it's a bad line. Also weird. Bane kills Daggett off screen and off screen death is odd. I mean, you know, like, why didn't we see that? It also seems weird to me that we've seen like to this point, we've seen Bane kill a dude in the aforementioned, like underground bunker sewer situation just by like grabbing him by the neck. Yeah. And just like disposing him immediately. Yeah. And we see Bane kill several other people later in the movie very quickly. And yet this off-screen death by Daggett, there's like like the camera shows Bane like putting his hand over his face. And then you just hear him screaming for a while. And it's like, well, why did it take so long? <laughs> like yeah. he's cle- like we've clearly seen that he can just like he's his hands are apparently so powerful that he can just snap a guy's neck with one hand. Or punch and, through brick. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Concrete. Concrete. I think it's concrete, actually. Yeah. Uh yeah. but yeah, the off-screen death always felt weird to me. But yeah. yeah, usually you save an off-screen death for a character that's going to like surprisingly come back. Yeah. It's not like that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Bruce back outside, he's because his car was towed, he gets a ride home from our our buddy and my best friend, uh John Blake. Um, yawn. <laughs> at this um he you know explains the idea and the symbol of batman and and then um he, I, does he have blake drop him off at selena kyle's place i, I think so yeah this yeah is one of those like cuts where he's just like there all of a sudden well, um, he, this, he says something like take me to old town oh, okay yeah. this the, the moment where blake and bruce were in the car together is the moment i checked how long i had left and was so I think I texted Colin at this point too. I was like, I cannot believe there is an hour and 40 minutes left in this fucking movie. Hell yeah. I could not. I could not believe it. I, I like, I thought I had a gauge on how long the movie was. I like could have sworn that more time had passed, but alas. Um, so yeah, he goes to Selena Kyle uh, and he, Bruce tells Selena that Batman has the clean slate and that Batman wants to meet with Selena to help him find Bane. His powerful um, friend. Yeah. And so Blake comes to talk to Gordon and says that Daggett's body was found and that Daggett's name was found on a bunch of permits for sewer maintenance. Gordon is like super impressed by this and makes him detective immediately. Uh, and Matthew Modine is like, uh, you know, tell detail outside to keep hotheads out of here. 
and I groan and I just like <laughs> punching myself in the head just just to get those hot heads out of here. Like I just it's, it's so god it's so stupid. Um yeah. So Bruce comes back home and he is locked out of his house uh in the rain and Miranda Tate is there. And she I hate to see so much. They get in the house and she picks up a photo of Rachel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like but the first thing. The yeah. first, the first thing. thing. And like, maybe she knows who it is. I don't know. I don't care either. But like, she puts it down and then just kisses him because nothing is going to get eight, eight year recluse Bruce Wayne out of a rut and horned up. Then lo- talking and looking, talking about, about Rachel, looking at a picture of Rachel and then immediately kissing him. But maybe I guess he is still horned up. So I don't know. Maybe that is exactly what he needs. Well, I mean, he's had several people tell him she's very charming. And, yeah. you know, so <laughs> maybe I, that, yeah. now that he's finally interacting with her, he's like, oh, all those people who were trying to set me up with her, they were right. Yeah. This is, this is for you, Lucius. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, will put a pin in why she slept with him. Uh, I guess, you know, to, to make people not suspicious. And I guess it works. Um, but I anyway... Mean- should we though or should we just discuss it now will we remember later at the reveal uh well i don't know i mean i guess there really is anything to say i just literally had in my notes like in all caps why would miranda tate sleep yeah. with bruce why would she sleep with him um I, no actually i think i will come back to it because i have another okay. important okay. note about <laughs> about that later um so like post coital uh you know when, when i was a child we had almost nothing uh and then she's like talking you know, we could leave tonight take my plane and go anywhere we wanted. And I'll tell you right now, Aaron, my fan fiction is finding out what happens. If Bruce says, yes, sure. let's do that right now. <laughs> Here's the question. That, that's what I want to know. Cause I want to, I, cause she's going to be, have to be like, Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Where would you like to go? He's like, anywhere you want. Let's go to Cabo San Lucas. Where do you want to go? She's like, okay. And then I just want them on a beach together. I want to see, I want like a week, just, like sex extravaganza of Miranda Tate and Bruce Wayne just like putting a pin in Gotham and she's just trying to like do whatever she can to make him not suspicious and doing whatever it takes. I want them both in swimsuits drinking at the beach. I want I want romantic nights. <laughs> I want to just this the movie to go completely in that direction for like a good hour. Now, here's the question and I think this question gives the movie a lot more credit than it's due. But do you think Miranda Tate's offer was genuine? Like, do you think no. if he had said, yes, like, I want to give this all up, I want to come up with an way. excuse. Yeah. yeah. You don't yeah. think that you don't think that to her, she was fishing for a way out, too? Or do you think she's so dedicated to her evil plan? No, she's dedicated. Yeah. Spoiler alert. She has an evil plan. Uh, but oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So he Sorry, so he guys, le- Miranda has an evil plan. Yeah. <laughs> See, we don't know. So he leaves her at, at his house and goes Batmaning. Um. And we get, um, which I would say, def- without a hesitate, without any hesitation, is the best scene in the movie by a mile, by a mile. Um, basically, just Batman versus Bane. It's just, it still gives me goosebumps. And there's no music. Um, that's not a diss on Hans Zimmer. I just find it interesting that for a while mm-hmm. there's like no music, and it's such but... a smart, it's such a smart choice to take the music out. I think the um, the setting with the rushing water in the background, yes. that's mm-hmm. the only sound, is the yeah. physical sounds of the like, so confrontation good. and the rushing water. It's so, so good. 
It's, yeah. it's so it, it's like they put so much effort into the scene that I wish that I wanted to see more. Effort. This is where like I mean the movie the scene is not very long, but it almost feels like a breather. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it I I just wish there were more things like that. It really feels like the movie just taking its time to show us something awesome. And I mean the opening scene kind of feels like that too, even though it's nonsensical in its own way. But it's mm-hmm. not like frantic, like what the fuck is happening? Kind of, I don't know. So anyway, Selena leads Batman to Bane. Um, the Zimmer score builds. The door closes behind Bruce on the catwalk, and I think that might be when the music stops, or around, around like right around that time. And Selena has like kind of tricked him. Um, says they they threaten her life, and Bruce and Bane finally face off. Bane's monologue and dialogue, like all all that is just great it's excellent i love the, the like the let's not stand on ceremony here mr and then his his pause and then like the beat and then the mr wayne and then love selena it. selena kyle's like the cut to her face yeah she figures out that bruce wayne is bad yes yeah. Yeah. um you know that their fight is so <laughs> good and like the, the the setting like you mentioned like with the water is it, like bane is such a like a brutal like fighter but like somehow calculated I, I forgot. I, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, and or, or like um, we, we talked about it earlier in the movie. But uh, one of my favorite choices that Tom Hardy makes is holding on to his vest yeah. when he's wearing one. Like he's almost like too much man for even himself to handle. <laughs> and I was actually dismayed. And I haven't. Someone, I mean, if one of you guys has watched Peaky Blinders, please tell me. I haven't. Like I've only watched a couple episodes. I hear that he does the same thing hmm. in Peaky Blinders. Which is which actually makes me sad. I don't want that to be like a Tom Hardy thing in general. I want that to be a Tom Hardy choice specific to Bane. It's not going to totally ruin it for me. I just I hear he does that in Peaky Blinders. I've never watched it, but I do um, agree. Like I do agree with you that like when he's just like hanging out and just like holding on to the sides of his vest, I'm like, God, yeah, it looks so fucking badass. It's so cool. <laughs> like, and I love like, I love that Bruce is just getting. It's like so outmatched from the very beginning. This is exactly mm-hmm. what I wanted from like a reek. It's not, a, I mean, it's, it's not even close to like an exact recreation of Bane breaking Batman's back, but like it is what I wanted. Like it, it, it works so well. Like he's Bruce is getting angrier and angrier. He's screaming. He not once looks like he is going to win this fight. Yeah. And he, he gets his ass completely kicked. And like Bane knows all of his League of Shadow tricks. Like, I mean, there's infinite quotes from here. Like he, you know, he, he directly quotes Razo Ghoul. He says, like, but we are initiated, aren't we, Bruce? Um, you know, and then he does the. I, I, I'll do it. The I am the League of Shadows, and I'm here to fulfill Razagul's destiny. Um, <laughs> love that so much. Uh, love that Bruce like turns off the lights, and he, you know we get the "Born in the Darkness" molded by it line. The and breaks his mask, rips it off, like shows off what he's, he's been just add insult to injury. You know, um, shows Bruce that like. It like blows up like they're underneath Bruce's armory, I guess. Your armory gratefully <laughs> accepted. Yeah. <laughs> uh and you know, it shows Bruce that he that now they have access to all of his stuff that they will be then using. Um, and then we get the you know, the classic line. The I w- I wonder I was wondering what would break first, your spirit or your body. Breaks his back, rips his mask off, just applause. It's still awesome. It's so so good. I will um, say the actual like shot of him breaking his back. There's just something I think Tom Hardy brings a lot to this role. And I love Tom Hardy in this role, but just physically in terms of how tall he is. Yeah. They should have done more to shoot him from different angles to make him look taller. 
because the shot of him actually picking up Batman and breaking his back, to me anyway, always looks silly. Hmm. Like that's the one shot I don't think works. I I don't think I've ever like I don't know if I paid close enough attention to it's it. It's because probably. at least in my mind, they take the shot too far away. Mm. If they had taken the shot closer up or cut, did cuts to show like different angles of what he was doing to pick him up and like lower him on his knee. Yeah. I think it would work, but to do a like wide shot of it, it just looks too it looks too fake. It looks like it's too much okay. out of a movie. Hmm. I and I kind of want to rewatch that scene then and see if I feel the same way. I mean, I, I don't think it could. It could. I'm, it sounds like it doesn't ruin the scene for you, but I, no, I don't it think it would ruin, ruin it for me either. But yeah, I'll, I got to check that out again. Um, uh, real quick, I was yeah. Uh, when I was thinking about it, as much as I like this movie, I feel like there's not. I don't find a lot of like iconic, like frames, of this movie in the same yeah. way that like like if you think about. Like there's uh there's a ton in Dark Knight, but the one that's like jumping to mind right now is just like the Joker in the jail cell, just like yeah, like the way he's just kind of framed in between the bars. Like there's just some of those like iconic shots from earlier entries in this movie. And I don't feel like the Dark Knight Rises has as many of those, but the one where Bane is just like walking away and holding the broken mask, and you can yeah. just see like the like the waterfall through one of the eye holes is just like oh yeah yeah so good i, I, I think it's similarly that, like just that that shot is just beautiful when he's on the catwalk and bane kind of has his arms up kind of just like ah like i like i think that's pretty iconic too yeah. but i agree with you like it's not it's not quite the same as uh as the other two um so blake our boy blake has cornered uh <laughs> selena at the airport she says she's running from bane kind of seems to know what's coming um he, blake offers her protection she rolls her eyes at that um bruce is then taken to a pit that bane escaped from uh bane is telling him that he is going to punish bruce by having him watch the torture and destruction of gotham city and then he said, you know, it says that when when it is done in Gotham is ashes, then you have my permission to die. And. Uh, I, OK, so <laughs> all this stuff about the pit. This is a good time for me to say I didn't want to say it earlier when you we were talking about our history of the movie. So one of the things that I did know and eventually kind of cut myself off because I didn't want to know too much, but I, everything I was learning about the movie before the movie came out, like during production and set videos and all these kinds of things, um, I was trying to piece it together and. I heard the word pit in terms of filming locations um, or like some, someone said, like there's a scene being filmed like in a pit or like it's supposed to take place in a pit. And so obviously Aaron, I immediately think Lazarus pit and that mm. Ra's al Ghul is still alive. I, so I thought Ra's al Ghul going to this movie was still going to be alive or that he was going to get resurrected with the Lazarus pit. And I was very, very torn about that. And one of the numerous conversations I had with other like fans before this movie came out was like, what do I want? Do I want Ra's al Ghul and Talia al Ghul? Because it, it was a given that I thought Talia was going to be in the movie. But like, did I want Ra's al Ghul to come back? Did the Lazarus Pit not belong in the Nolan universe? And I don't think it does. I almost would argue that the Lazarus Pit might not belong in any live action Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something I think that works super well in the comics and in, in, in the TV show. But so you know, I, I was like super. And then when I someone at this moment, that was just, this was like any any kind of thought I might have had that was lingering that Razzle Ghoul was going to come back to life in this movie was was gone by this point. It would have. I mean, it would have been extremely silly, as you said. 
Yeah. Especially because he just goes insane if when he comes out of it. Uh, and that yeah, would just, exactly. that'd be that'd be that'd be weird to watch also. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think th- th- we're, this is like the movie is like fucking working overtime right now. And I don't mean that as a compliment because there are so many. Co- I mean, we we're just talking about Bane breaking Batman's back. And then we talked about a quick, quick scene with Blake and Selena. And then suddenly Bruce and Bane are back together in this scene. It's like that's what this movie's doing. It's just rapid fire. So. Mm-hmm. Bane has now kidnapped the Wayne board and takes Lucius Fox and Miranda Tate into the sewers with another one of the board members. Gordon is telling uh, Foley, Matthew Modine character, to send all available cops down into the sewers to smoke Bane out, except Blake. He doesn't send Blake in there. And my God, why didn't he? That's my other fan fiction. <laughs> then Blake into the fucking sewers. And we just don't have to see it anymore. Um, so again, cutting back to Bruce in the pit, some man attempts to climb out um, and doesn't make it. Um, and the man taking care of Bruce explains that that one time a child got out. They're really like they really slow roll the truth of what the fuck happened mm-hmm. um, in an almost kind of like painful way. It's not like but it's like I know what's going to happen on rewatch. But I'm kind of just like, just say it already. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And like so, the, the whole like point of like them sending all the cops in there is like it's like it's like under a guise of a training exercise. Sorry, that's the whole like cover for uh, for for what what they're doing. So the police get set in the sewers, and Bane goes to the reactor. Miranda turns it on, and you know after one of you know Lucius refuses, and Miranda takes like, no, you got to do it. You're just slowing them down. That kind of works, even though obviously it's in her interest to turn it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of like immediately. Uh, Dr. Pavel turns it into a bomb and like, it seems <laughs> yeah. like it happens really fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but their time has no meaning in this movie, really. Um, and the, the, remember like later when there's just like, Oh, it's not, it's like nine months later now. It's like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> it's nine months later now. And then they give like two quick updates on how quickly the bomb is about to go off. And it's like, Oh, it's happening now. Like we're, yeah. we're at it. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, I, so yeah anyway so so Pavel is like you know it's done it's a nuclear this is it's like this is a fully functional nuclear bomb it's like <laughs> jesus christ nolan uh and then bane's like take the car out of the reactor and Pavel's like what no it's gonna decay it's like did you really think that like you were doing something else here like what the fuck are you doing uh so Blake, this is one of my least favorite parts of the entire movie. Blake confronts these two guys pouring concrete and kills them both and then tries to question one after he shot them. Yes. <laughs> and like, I think he kills one of them just by like a bullet ricocheting. It's a ricochet. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, so it, I was like, in his defense, he shoots he just behind like, himself. He yeah. shoots behind himself, yeah. ricochets the bullet, and then that's the guy he tries to question. Yeah. So it's like, he doesn't necessarily know that that guy is dead because he didn't yeah. see him get it's shot. Just, I laugh at that every silly. time. And then he, like what Aaron mentioned like earlier, it's like Blake like looks at the gun and throws it away with disgust. And it's like, oh, God, stop so, it. <laughs> let's put a pin in that because... Let's talk about Blake's relationship with guns in the very next scene in which we see him. Yeah. Oh, right. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. get to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he clearly, he's got, he's like got the fever for killing people. Yeah. Um, And a, a point on that, actually, I don't want to forget it. So let me just say this, Aaron, Robin or Nightwing? 
given given the kind of like violence that Blake seems to be prone to, Robin doesn't make sense. Which Robin? Well, it depends on which Robin, I guess. If if he's supposed to be Dick Grayson, which he's not, he's John Blake. <laughs> well, he's I mean, Damian Wayne is a pretty psychopathic violent Robin. Oh, that's true. You're right. Yeah. 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 Anyway. But he's also not Damian Wayne. Well, yeah. Wouldn't that be great if Damian Wayne was in this? And Randa John- Tate stole Bruce's semen <laughs> and then and then like turkey bastard herself. It would make a wild movie. That There's would no denying that. Damian Wayne, Dark Knight Rises 4. No one make it, you coward. <laughs> Just hey, go, we'll call it Dark Knight Rises 4, too. <laughs> uh, that would be pretty dope if he were like the follow-up to Oppenheimer. He's just gonna go back. <laughs> the Batman franchise. I would think that like, he, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he would have lost his mind if he yeah. did that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, would it just be called Batman, but instead of an A, it would be a number four? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Obviously. <laughs> um, so he he tries to warn fully that Bane is trying to trap the cops underground because all the concrete is just it's all explosives. Um, he is he is too late. He is not able to do that. Um, and then we get uh, the football sequence, which is also very cool. I think we can hope maybe all agree on that. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. a little distracted by how obviously Pittsburgh this is. Yes, uh, and not just to I mean because I recognize Ben Roethlisberger's face and Heinz Ward's face. Like, yeah. and, and I think Ward, you actually literally see his jersey. I think all the Steelers' names are actually on the jerseys. Yeah. Um, you also, uh, when there's like the aerial shot of the football stadium. Like it still says Heinz, like it's oh, still Heinz yeah, Field, which was like yeah. the name of the Steelers. Right. And it's like we couldn't have done anything. Like we couldn't have called it like like Gotham Stadium or something. Yeah. We're just like really, just like I don't fucking care. It's Pittsburgh. Even we all know the, it's Pittsburgh. Like it's even in the fictional like fantasy make believe world of TV and movies. Yeah. Heinz ketchup still has still, still exists. Yeah. Own but, a stadium. But, yeah, and also in the fictional Gotham City, the lyric opera of Chicago is also a thing. That's, yeah. It's in Gotham City. <laughs> um, there's a little bit of work that could have been done there as well. Um, I how do you both feel about the Bane's um, what so you have this young boy giving the national anthem? How do you feel about Bane saying like that's a lovely, lovely voice? Indifferent. I, I normally indifferent, but this last several times watching the movie for the podcast, I was thinking like. What does Bane even really believe in? Like, yeah. is Bane on this boy's side? Like, does Bane think it's sad that the boy is going to die? I or think is so. Bane like, or is Bane happy because the boy has has more than others, and Bane thinks he should be brought low? So, like, I don't really think Bane has much of a like moral philosophical core, really. Yeah, yeah. it is. I, I think I, two different interpretations of it, and I like both of them. One is that he actually is like sad that this boy is probably going to have to die at some point. Um, the other option to me is that Bane is just like a total psychopath, which also works for me. It'd be mm-hmm. like if Joker was just like, wow, that is a really lovely voice. You'd be like, whoa, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> you know, that's kind of like how I feel about this. Not it could go necessarily, either way though, because the Joker, everything he said, like, the Joker's whole point was that he is the antithesis of like a plan, right? He mm-hmm. is chaos. Whereas Bane is so structured and planned, like again, it just to me it feels like that line tells me that Bane has no like philosophical core to him. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I can't tell listening to that line 
does Bane care that the boy's going to die or not? Like, I can't yeah. intuit that. Okay. But then mm. again, that's just. Um. So he um, like the kickoff happens. He kills the mayor with an explosion <laughs> um, and blows up the field. Um, that was pretty cool and still is. And he talks it, to the audience. Huh? It's still really cool. But again, I was like, as I was watching it this time, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And like, there's all those other explosions that are happening throughout the city, and yeah. like, this is the sequence that you see all of the bridges explode. So like, it is really, really cool. But the whole time, I was just like, yeah, but flipping that truck was still doper. Like, like that was oh so my god, way more cool. With so. without a doubt, bigger does not always mean better. Yeah, for, like for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Bane talks to the audience. He tells them to take control of their city. And in the meantime, we see some men who have been sent to kill Gordon in the hospital. Blake realizes this, goes in armed with a shotgun and looking like he just wants to pump someone full of shells. Yeah. <laughs> um, saves Gordon's life, kills some people. Um, Bane still talking to the crowds, you know, you know, who, uh, which or he brings Dr. Pavel out. He's just like, which one of you, like, do you know, who knows how to like disarm this bomb? Only me. And then he kills him. Um, this is where the movie just kind of goes from like, what the fuck to just fucko mode. Like, what the hell is this whole Trigger Man thing? I I've seen this movie so many times now, and I still don't get it. He says that the identity of the Trigger Man is one of the Gotham people, and says that the outside world interferes. This anonymous Gothamite will trigger this the bomb. Unsung hero. Yeah, <laughs> and it says it says that they're like that. They are their mission. Bane's people's mission is to be there as liberators to return Gotham to, the, to, to return Gotham to the people. And you know, we're probably thinking that's not his actual plan. But we, I don't think we actually have any reason to believe that it's not his plan at this point. Other than the fact that if you know how long the movie is, there's a shitload of movie left. Well, no, we do have reason to believe that it's not his plan. Because Pavel tells him when he turns the um, reactor into a bomb, Bane tells him he's to remove the device from the reactor, and Pavel tells him it will detonate in five months. Oh, right. Yeah, and he says... I'm counting on it. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Okay, thank you. Still, don't like the, the whole, like, I, the idea of, like, you know, even if you believed what he was saying, why would he give the trigger to one of the people? I mean, they call that out later. Like, that's fucking stupid. Why would he do that? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it would be fucking stupid. But the, really, the thing that bothers me most about this whole plan and the scale of this movie is I don't like this is a very this is a place of like big bias. I'm not trying to say this is like an objective truth about like a, a, a criticism about this movie. But like, I don't like that the threat on Gotham City becomes so big that it is national reach mm -hmm. or the government is aware and involved. I am I, I, this is like a, from a place of deep personal bias that once Batman interacts with like Metropolis or places like outside of Gotham that aren't like more like just small isolated pockets of the world, I I I, I don't like it. it. It it turns me off. I want kind of Batman to exist in his own bubble and world, and if he has to go somewhere else, like I'd rather be like to Africa where there's not another superhero there, like Bat or like Superman or something, or like to 
somewhere like far in the far reaches of Europe or I don't know. It just when when the rest of the world or like when the rest of the earth and the earth's government and the president or something become involved, I'm like, this isn't exactly what I want from Batman. I mean, I think I agree with you and I, I can't articulate exactly why I agree with you, but I think that's true. I will say, though, that that leans into how kind of big and maximal this movie is. Like, the, the stakes are as high as they can get. Mm-hmm. Like, the bomb will blow up Gotham and everything close to Gotham, but it might as well blow up the Earth, right? Like, yeah. these are as big as the stakes can get for a Batman film. Yeah. yeah. So, I think the next thing, thing that we see, I mean, it's hard because there's just so many things that we, like, cut back and forth to, but Bane is now, like, outside Blackgate prison. He lets a bunch of prisoners out saying kind of he's like on a mission to free the oppressed. He says that Dent is a false idol and that all of the people in these prisons have been imprisoned under the Dent Act, which it was kind of created based on like a lie. And so he reads Gordon's speech and reveals the truth about Harvey Dent. And there is this kind of like montage that's occurring during the speech. Like the lower you see, like, you know, the lower classes are rising against the rich and casting them out of their homes. Um, you know, courts are convened, courts are convened. There's like gunfire, like police are being supplied with food underground to keep them alive. And Bane, you know, monologuing about Gotham will survive um, and endure. Can we put a pin in the police being kept alive? Not even well, a pin. Can we discuss it? Why are the police being kept alive? Because, because Bane is like, he's, his whole goal is like psychological torture and making people feel like, like they're gonna, that they have a chance. And so he mm-hmm. wants to keep, he wants to keep the police alive for the same reason he wants to keep Bruce alive. Cause he wants them to see what's happening, like, to understand what's happening and have to sit in it and hate their lives. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he has the line and I think it's around here where he's mentioning like the, the idea of hope. And yeah. so he is like keeping them alive for that purpose. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty thin, but it just seems like yeah. he would keep Bruce alive mm-hmm. for that reason because he has such a personal vendetta against Bruce. Mm-hmm. It just seems like his vendetta isn't really personal against the police. Like, why not just fucking kill them? Yeah, and this is also during this like kind of montagey thing. Like, this is when Blake like looks just disgusted and mouths off to Gordon. And I don't understand how Gordon didn't just slap Blake <laughs> for <laughs> that fucking lip. <laughs> like put put him in his place yeah i mean it's just because of what i want to do but you know anyway so we we get we cut back to bruce um okay um okay this is i i guess this is goes more to like the why help bruce like to give him hope like bane is so sure that bruce won't escape if you're gonna torture somebody I guess like is is Bane's hope that Bruce will try to get better and try to get out. But like if Bruce tried to get out and Bane wants Bruce to see the destruction of Gotham, why would he let people, why would he let the people in the pit help like allow Bruce to try to get out? Bruce could die trying. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Like why would Bane let them help him? And even if he said, don't help him, like, I don't know what, how do you, does that make does it make sense to any of you guys? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. No, your criticism makes sense. The actual mechanics in the film do not make sense um, because <laughs> they very specifically say that this is Bane's prison. So Bane mm-hmm. runs and controls everything. You would think Bane would have given them instructions saying like, keep him alive. Do not let him attempt the escape. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's very weird. Like 
Bane comes back, like let's say Bane succeeds and he comes back and he's like, all right, cool. Where's Bruce? I'm going to kill him now. And they're like, oh, actually he died. Like when? Like, oh, like, I don't know, like six months ago. It's like, so like <laughs> before it, like, all the good shit happened. Well, also the thing is too, we'll get to it near the end of the movie, but do you think Bane ever intends to come back? Or do you think they intend hmm. to die when the bomb goes off? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. There's your because I will right argue there. now we'll get to it. If they intend to die when the bomb goes off, that's really fucking stupid. I think they I think they did, or at least at one point they did. That's what the plan became. Yeah. Well, I don't think they intend at a certain point they did not intend to get out. At a certain but point, they, I just wonder if was their original plan to never get out. I don't think so. I think Batman showing back up in Gotham caused them to have to change their plan. Mm-hmm. That's that's my head canon, but I I don't know. Um so Bruce is it, 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 it is it is explained to Bruce that a mercenary fell in love with a warlord's daughter and was condemned to the pit that Bruce is being imprisoned in. And that daughter was then forced to go to the pit and in the pit gave birth to a child. That mur- woman was then murdered and a some protector saved the child. And so Bruce said, you know, Bane is, is, assumes Bane is the child. And the man in the pit says that the child was beaten so badly that they needed to wear the mask to keep the pain at bay. And Bruce then find, gets a vision of Liam Neeson back as Ra's al Ghul. Uh, not the way I wanted to see this happen. I'm not really a fan of this moment, <laughs> um, but I, I don't hate it as much as I hate other things. Um, Roz says that Gotham is beyond saving and should just be allowed to die. And this obviously makes Bruce very mad. Um, and so kind of we can cut to Bruce being able to finally stand on his own. So this is like the time jump. And I think I think I, I was joking. It was like six months or something earlier. Like, it, this is three months in the future at this point, I believe. Um, it is. Yeah, so the the timeline yeah. was once they take the reactor out of or once they take the core out of the reactor, they have like five months, according to Bane's calculations before the bomb yeah. goes off. Yeah. So like basically well, ever like from that moment until the end of the movie is a five month period. Yeah, presumably this is five months because we see then that the bomb, like once he gets back in Gotham, is gonna go off in 18 hours. Yeah. So this is five seemingly five months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's winter now. Uh we see Catwoman kind of walking around. She seems very upset at the at the state of the city. And we kind of cut back to Bruce training. So it's like a little short montage. I suppose he's doing some pull-ups some push-ups. You know, he's like, I'm not meant to die here. And he attempts to make the jump and misses. And I don't understand how his back isn't just totally shattered. Yeah. By the way that rope is on him. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. The every single time you see somebody attempt to make the jump, Mm -hmm and they just fall, and that rope just catches them. I'm yeah. like, that would probably fuck up anybody's back, but certainly a person whose back yeah. was literally just yeah. broken like a handful of months ago. Like, I can't yeah. imagine that it would sustain repeated attempts at doing this thing and then falling. Yeah. Um, another note I have is every single time somebody's trying to make that final... So, like, the idea is, like, they climb most of the way up the the wall of this pit but they get to a certain point where they have to jump from one platform to another that they can then climb the rest of the way out 
the pit that they're or like the the platform that they're jumping across or jumping yeah. from is like relatively long. I mean, it's yeah. not like super long, but it's probably like three to five feet long. And like nobody ever seems to get a running jump or like a running start. They all just like yeah. stand at one edge and they're like, all right, let's jump across. I'm like, you didn't you like <laughs> it enrages me when Bruce standing at the very edge, like crouches and like, yeah. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how, how is that the jump that makes it? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I'm like, have none of you played a video game before? Like you gotta yeah. get the running jump. Like you gotta get the running start. And then you oh, jump. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think in Uncharted, like Nate Drake can kind of has like a five foot vertical or like a six foot vertical. Yeah, he that's just true. Jumps straight up and grab on anything. Yeah. That, but yeah, still, it's just totally unrealistic. I agree. Um, So it, I think this is the point where Bruce is told that the child is actually the child of Ra's al Ghul. And so he's like, Bane is the child of Ra's al Ghul. Holy shit. Um, or no, sorry. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 No, because he said no. But earlier he was told the protector was beaten so badly, and that the protector is Bane. No. All of no. All of that is revealed at the very end when Talia's spoiler stabs him. Right. Um, right. But at right. this point, he believes that Bane. Oh, is the right. It, no, because the man not... tells him that the child was beaten earlier. That the child needs the mask now. That's why he, he lies to Bruce about it. Maybe either way, whether he lies or. Whatever the case may be, at this point, Bruce believes that Bane is the son of Ra's al Ghul. Yes. I, I right. think the, it's not, the guy who's telling him the story is not like super clear about who is, who, like he, he's like intentionally vague, but he's like, yeah. the legend says all of this other stuff. Right. What's his story? Does he just like high on morphine or something? Also, like in just like taking care of Bruce? Why is it a legend? It's an event you lived through. You should have all the details. True. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so you see like a flashback of that child, like doing the jump and like the child's protector, like being helping keep people away from the child and, and like getting the shit kicked out of him. Um, what, what, well, this is being explained to Bruce. So special forces, U.S. special forces show up and are like to and meet up with like the police. Uh, and like with Gordon and and Blake, and they talk about how the mercenaries or Gordon explains that the mercenaries are keeping the truck with the bomb on the move at all times, and, but they have other empty trucks too, so you can't tell where the bomb is. That's right. De yeah, yes. they've got decoy okay. trucks. Yes. Uh, and Blake is just like in full hothead mode. He's just like keeps wanting to say things, and like they're like dial it back, officer. And then he delivers another fucking abomination of a line where he goes, the time is a time bomb. Or, like, or the bomb is a time bomb. Yeah. Like, he's just like, oh, yeah, it's going to decay or it's going to blow up. And so Blake's like, the time, the bomb is a time bomb. It's like, oh, yeah, I understand how that works. Like, <laughs> I understand how time works and how bombs work. It was just explained to me. Um, <laughs> like, so anyway, like almost immediately and trying to like, conduct their mission the special forces guys are like sold out and killed so awesome yeah <laughs> that failed <laughs> they go out so quickly it's so fast <laughs> um and i still think we have like an hour left maybe uh maybe not but close anyway so bruce trains some more uh he, he tries to make the climb again and he talks to the doctor and the doctor is like the lack of fear is holding you back like, fear is why you fail and he's I'm like, not I'm not afraid. afraid. <laughs> I'm angry. Yeah. 
Uh, I kind of like that. That, that kind of, I think, I mean, that kind of got me pumped up the first time for sure. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think I mind the line now. Um, but he's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm afraid. I, I'm afraid of like dying in the pit. Um, and the doctor's like, you need to try and climb again, like the child did, without the rope. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Um, and like, and I think it was this when. Um, yeah, no, this is when he gets out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I was, I couldn't tell if there was. Like, I forgot there was another scene later that, ha- that has this happen. Um, and like you hear the chanting that you kind of been hearing in Zimmer's score this entire time, and and Bruce is just like, "What does that mean?" Um, and the guy says, "Rise." I don't know how I feel about that. Seems like <laughs> uh, it doesn't land uh, for me, but maybe maybe some people. Um, I don't think it's like bad. It just doesn't work for me. But so Bruce tries to climb light yet again uh, and does his little baby jump. Uh, good music builds up. I, that was a very satisfying, like it was one a great moment of like the music making you feel good, even if you might think it what's happening is silly. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 I felt like a kind of sense of like, I'm a little pumped up right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, but I do hate how the bats fly out of the hole of the pit. Of course, like at that moment. Like, yeah. And it's like, yeah. how many times have we yeah. seen either in flashback or bruce or other people trying to make the climb getting to that exact point and the bats haven't come out at all but like of yeah. course when bruce is there right at the last time like that's when the bats come out you're like okay yeah like- so here's a question um bruce from what i can tell very anti-criminal not a fan of criminals right mm-hmm. why does he throw the rope down i was just going to bring the rope up because guess who does not throw the rope down Little Talia, that bitch. Yeah. She does not throw the rope down for them. <laughs> she doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Like, I understand. Right. I, I was thinking the same thing as you, James. Like, why does Batman throw the rope down? But I think he does because they explicitly say that the prison is Bane's now. So I have a feeling that those people are not prisoners for crimes necessarily. They're oh, prisoners yeah. of Maybe. like the League of Shadows or Bane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll t- I'll take it. It, um, it is it is weird, but I, it never really bothered me because I think I to me it was more like these people helped me get out of here, so I'm gonna help yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like like I mean any number of them could have killed him at any point, especially before his back was fixed. Yeah. Like and he was just like basically an invalid on his little cot. <laughs> Um, so like, I think the idea that they all collectively, whether they like actively helped him or just like, didn't kill him, like they all collectively helped him get to the point where he could get out and go continue his mission Yeah, was enough to get him to be like, okay, I'll help you now too. I think the big idea of the prison is that it breaks people. So I think Mm -hmm. probably these people are broken. I don't think when they escape, their first impulse is going to be to like rob a bank. You know, yeah. commit crime. Yeah. Like they're probably going to be happy to be out. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be happy to be out. They're just broken people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we get like a quick like glimpse of what these courts are that Bane mentioned earlier. Uh, we've got we see uh, our old friend uh, Killian Murphy, Doctor yeah. Jonathan Crane, head, heading the sentencing hearing. Um, I was okay with this cameo. This is fine. I mean, I love Killian Murphy. I love his Scarecrow. He still has like the best line delivery in batman movie history when he says the batman <laughs> uh so you There's know nothing good convenient for him about it yeah 
No, that's, it's so yeah, that's a good Batman, Batman begins rules. We'll we'll eventually do it, and then I can do my thing on why I think it's better than the Dark Knight. Okay. Whoa. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly. This is yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, Gordon and Blake then meet, and Foley has gone missing. So Gordon goes to go get him. Gordon, uh, this is I think this is when Gordon explains to like, Foley's like all hope is lost. He's like with his wife and like <laughs> he's like, you really had your wife come to the come to the door. And he's just like, it looks like he's like, honestly, in a nice cozy sweater, like drinking some eggnog or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the ravages um, of the last five months have seemingly not affected Foley. Yeah. So yeah. like the timeline is that the bomb's going to go off in 18 hours. And like. Gordon's like, do you actually think that Bane gave the trigger to a bomb, like to the bomb to one of the people? Like he obviously has it. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, duh. Uh, and so like, and then like they're looking for help in any way they can. And Miranda Tate like overhears this and it's like, I'll do it. Um, awesome. Great. I mean, obviously we're all suspicious of her by this point. If it's the first time watching it, it's like, okay, um, maybe don't let her help. Uh, she's always in the right place at the right time, I guess. Um, and so there's like a quick scene where like Selena saves this boy um, from being, as he's being bullied or something. And either way, Bruce shows himself and asks for Selena's help because he's got the clean slate. Everyone that's back. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you can, she's like aroused at the thought of the clean slate at this point um, and says that he needs uh, Fox uh, to, to, to help him. And obviously, you know, the bat's got to come back into play. Right. So Gordon and other cops are arrested by Bane's men and they choose uh, exile instead of death. And, you know, Crane has the exile by death. No, death by exile. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. They choose, they choose death. Oh, I'm sorry. Death. My bad. <laughs> you're right. It's like, if you think, Crane, if you think we're going to go on to that ice, you got another thing coming. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, death and death by exile. So, Okay. <laughs> Tate, it's important to note that Miranda Tate was with them, but Bane says, bring her to me. Awfully suspicious. Yeah. She is not going out on the ice. So Bruce uh, voluntarily gets captured so he can see Fox. And he, he says, I won't forget about you, Miranda. <laughs> um, How sweet. How nice. Yeah, what a, he is smitten. Yeah. Like he, he, is, he was put through hell and he's back and he's still like Miranda Tate. She's my girl. I remember when we fucked in my mansion and then I completely <laughs> abandoned you in the middle of the night and you woke up when I, and I was, I guess, gone. Yeah. For like eight months or four, four months, months or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like five months, however long it's been. Cause like he leaves her and that's when he gets his back broken and presumably gets taken to the pit immediately afterwards. Yep. So it's like she wakes up one morning and not only is he not in the house, he just like has fully disappeared from Gotham entirely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so like Selena breaks uh, Fox and Bruce free and Bruce and Fox go then then go back to the old Batcave from the Dark Knight or like the kind of like intermediate Batcave. Mm-hmm. And so Bruce and Fox are together and they're by the bat and Bruce mentions that it flies well, even without the autopilot. And Fox says, that's what you're there for. This is important. <laughs> it has that kind of air of like, this is an important conversation that they're having. Chekhov's, uh, Chekhov's autopilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's it's kind of like a like a mad rush to the end, except it's still like another like 35 minutes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Take us home, um, Aaron. All right. So um, experiencing his death by exile, um, Gordon is out on the ice and he finds a flare. Um, Batman shows up telling him to light it up, uh, <laughs> which he does, uh, which illuminates this insane, impractically large bat symbol burning on the bridge across so that everyone in the whole city can see it. I wanted Gordon so bad to be like, you got back and how much time did you spend on that? Like, why, why did you do that? And no one saw you kind of like hanging off the bridge, like spraying it down with gasoline <laughs> in this specific shape. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, fire plus ice generally doesn't go well if you're standing on ice. So, yeah. Like, that was a weird choice. Yep. Like, like, light this thing up and it's yeah. just going to like have some flame. It's probably going to melt that ice. You might fall through the ice. That's a risk we're willing to it's, take. Like, it's, it's like there's like there's like theatric, like theatric Batman, but then there's like totally impractical Batman. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, save them and get off the ice and have a conversation. <laughs> also, how did he drizzle the the gas that close to the people standing on the ice without them noticing he was doing it? It's impossible. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you know, you know what's even more impossible is the fact yeah. that like because they're like cross cutting to. Blake sneaking around to get the cops out of the sewer, right? Mm -hmm. And the moment he thinks that he's in the clear and helps his partner out, his partner is shot. Yes. And Ben's men swarm. How did he get as far as he did and not notice a swarm of men? It it doesn't make sense. So you mentioned that really quickly before that. Bane and Miranda Tater in City Hall. And Bane oh, yeah. has a line saying that um, he knows that Bruce will come for Miranda. So, yeah. So then we get to this part where Blake's partner has been shot. Um, Batman saves him and uses the bat to blow a hole big enough for the police to come out of the sewers. Batman gives Selena his bike and he tells her to also blow a hole in the Midtown Tunnel for people to escape. So she, they all know at this point that the bomb is going off. This bomb is a time bomb. <laughs> Um, she decides that she is going to cut and run when she blows the hole through the tunnel, but Bruce has more faith in her than that. Um, we get another like scene that I think is kind of cool, even though it's a little like over the top and silly. Um, we get this kind of war between Bane's men and the police officers. This works for me. You like it? I do like it, except, except for the fact that all of them have guns and the police officers don't. How was this not just an absolute massacre? It should have been a complete bloodbath. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, they didn't think... I was hoping maybe one of you were going to tell me that I missed a detail that explains why it wasn't a bloodbath. Well, but... well I'm going to tell you one right now. Um, so we have the cops and Bane's troops. They're facing each other down on the streets outside City Hall. And kind of the threat that the movie shows you is that they're a pair of rumblers. Yeah. And that they have these turrets and that the bat heroically flies in and blow, like takes out the turrets. That doesn't take out all of the men with yeah. like machine guns, though. Yeah. Right. So and, they get and sorry, really quick. In case I, I forget if it's mentioned now, I think it's mentioned right before the scene. So I just want to make sure that we say it. The plan, other than you mentioned Blake leading like an exodus out of the city, but the the plan is to get the bomb to the reactor so that Fox can disarm it, right? So, yeah, but what's frustrating is that that's not made fully clear until like after the plan is already going. Oh. Okay, I at wrote it down at this point in my notes, and I assume that that was because 
they said it. I maybe I it was just at the point that I thought of it. Maybe they did, but I feel like every I, time I'm watching this, like that clicks in the middle of what they're doing for some reason. I was gonna say, I think it's like what we were talking about earlier. I think there is a line, but I think it's like delivered so quickly in the midst of all this other kind of chaos that like if you're not yeah. like it's it's easy to miss that line. Cause like I do yeah. think that there is something where they mentioned I can't remember exactly what it is, but like the idea that they need to reconnect the core to the reactor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very like blink and you miss it. Yeah. And then all another line that is like, I think when he's talking to Selena, she's <laughs> like, don't thank me yet. And he's like, well, I might not get a chance to later. And at that point, I probably turned to Aaron in the theater and was like, is, are they going to kill Batman? Cause I was not a fan of that. <laughs> well, keep watching. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I do like this fight. I like that um, it's kind of snowy. We haven't seen um, like a winter scape in one of yeah. Nolan's Batman films yet. So I do like that. It looks really cool. It, it, it really is. It's a really well like shot scene. I love mm. like the Bruce and Bane face off here again. Yeah. So the scene ends with them kind of fighting each other amid the chaos. So then we cut to Gordon and the others racing to find the real bomb truck. They're using um, like uh, some kind of radioactive tracker. They're using chalk like codes for each other. They're trying to find the real bomb truck. Uh, we cut to Bane and Batman clashing. I have in the notes uh, in a lackluster physical confrontation. Disagree. How do you feel about their final like clash? I think it's great. You do think it's great. I do. I, yeah, I like it, but it doesn't hold up to the standard of their first fight. No, definitely not. Even, not. not even close. Yeah. Like not, not like, even close. I still like the second one, but the whole time you're just like it's it's not quite. Yeah. Like it's not quite hitting as hard as that first one did. This is like this is like the Dragon Ball Z fan in me, I think, in that I wish that their fight was like way longer the second time. I would have loved like an arc for the fight. Like Bruce maybe starts like losing a little bit, but then he starts mm-hmm. like taunting Bane. And because there's a point where Bane's physicality changes, he becomes more aggressive. And it's not just because Bruce is targeting his face mm-hmm. and the mask, which is really smart, but like Bane seems like he's just fucking pissed. He's sick of this shit. And he starts mm-hmm. like acting aggressive. And I wish that there was a little bit more of like an almost a character, a wordless arc in a way mm-hmm. to explain why Bane lost that fight. It happens very quickly, but I, but I like it. I, I say, I love it. I, I like it. I, I, it's not as good as the first one. Not even close. Yeah. I agree with you. I think if the fight had more time to breathe, you could have done more of an arc. Yeah. The way it is now, Batman kind of just knocks some pieces of Bane's mask loose which mm-hmm. puts him in a ton of pain. He punches through a pillar, as you mentioned earlier, which I think <laughs> is very stupid that you guys like. Yeah. Um, and kind of kicks him through this door, right? Into the yep. building, into City Hall. So defeated, Bane is shocked that Bruce can even be alive, right? How did he get back here? Um, but surprise, we learned that it wasn't Bane who escaped, that he is not the child of Ra's al Ghul. Who was it, James? Who could it possibly be? <laughs> it was Talia Al Ghul, aka, AKA Marion Cotillard, aka <laughs> Mal, aka <laughs> Mal. It was Mal. Mar- Miranda Tate. Yeah, it was Mal, not Miranda, your wife. Yeah, Miranda Tate. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. She's, she stabs Batman and is revealed to be holding the detonator. She says, "Even though I'm not ordinary, I am a citizen." So it's like, well, then Bane could have been holding it because Bane's a fucking citizen. Yeah. Like, this is so stupid. Right. 
really quick i, I want to make sure i don't forget to say this so like I, the other thing i meant to mention about hardy also like in this fight is like there's some really good eye acting by tom hardy mm. in this because he you don't get to see his whole face and this is like this scene there's some really good ones some good close-ups of of bruce when he's or of bane's face when he's fighting him and there is a quick shot that we see that i think the movie shouldn't have had of Miranda, because at this point, people are probably really suspicious, but there is a one quick shot of Miranda Tate looking at the fight mm-hmm. like she's very interested. Yeah, but she doesn't look concerned. She's like, this is this is great. Like, it's <laughs> it's, it's not a good shot. I, I'm, I think it was a mistake to have it in there. Yeah. yeah and she's probably. also like her wardrobe is like so different than what we've seen her wear. like she's got that like yeah. robe on that just like feels off like she, that doesn't feel like something that she would have like it doesn't feel with keeping in with her keeping in line with her character that has been established up to this point so like if you weren't already very confident that she was you know the bad guy i feel like they're just like really just like okay man like like we really got to make sure that you know like wink wink nod nod yeah because like you mentioned like her her clothes are similar closer in style to the like soldiers and revolutionaries than they are to like the police and the normal mm-hmm. fights. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um so we learn what everyone already figured out by now that Bane was her protector, that she was the child of Ra's al Ghul, that she made the climb, she later went back and rescued Bane, that Bane was too extreme for her father, and that he was exiled and she says the only crime was for loving her. So okay. very sad for Bane. So and she says like I could not forgive my father until you murdered him. murdered him why why is she all of a sudden okay with doing her dad's entire life's mission and plan just because bruce killed him is including, it just like I, I didn't know what i had until i lost it kind of situation including, li- including literally dying for him yeah. yeah like she is going to die doing this yeah like no matter what whether it goes her way or not she's dead yeah yeah, it's very. I, it doesn't. I I don't like this. I, I really don't like it at all. Um, I like like little pockets of this movie, like that, like the just the general fight outside. It's just I w- really wish like the threads connecting everything made more sense and just didn't anger me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, she attempts to blow up the bomb, but is stopped. Uh, we didn't mention earlier that Gordon has a signal jammer. And kind of yeah. his side quest during all of this is to get the signal jammer close enough to the bomb so it will not go off. Yeah. Um, Blake's side quest during all of this is to take a contingent of orphans and have them make it across the bridge and escape. However, the only bridge out of town is blocked off by the government and they don't want to let anyone through because, again, if anyone goes through, this unsung hero, this common, ordinary citizen of Gotham will trigger the bomb, um, which is silly and stupid. I fucking hate this scene so much so (laughs) so much with with just everything that i am and here's why okay please one it blake's in it two the orphans (laughs) are in it three the fucking guy from dexter is in it that's just gonna who's not not in like anything (laughs) um okay so okay I i have more reasons so he's trying he's trying to get people over the bridge right the cops on the other side are like we will blow the bridge if you keep moving and blake is just like stop things have changed doesn't I'm explain a cop. i'm a cop i'm a too. cop too yeah. i'm a cop too 
doesn't doesn't explain anything. Doesn't say, doesn't even attempt to explain what the fuck is happening right now. Why does he think that will work? And also, didn't Selena just open a tunnel out of the city? I don't understand. Why are they going over the bridge? Well, I think there were, the idea was like, they wanted two access points to get yeah. people out. Like, they want to evacuate as many people as they can. And if everybody is going to the same place, like, there's yeah. just going to be a log jam. So I think the idea is that like, okay, well, there's one bridge that can go over and yeah. then we can make a tunnel. And so like send people in one of these two directions and we'll get as many people out. So the thing that I hate the most, <laughs> last of all, so the cops below the bridge and he has a line. Oh, God. He says, you killed us. Just by following orders. <laughs> like, it, it, it is the epitome of the Nolan writing in a line to explain how Blake comes to the decision that he makes at the end of the movie of like getting him to where the movie leaves him, which he could have just done because he likes fighting crime. Like it, it, <laughs> there didn't have to be a guns are bad, uh, like the, that heavy handed, like guns are bad moment or like the, the system is corrupt and people just follow orders. Like there's no like just following orders. It's just so they're laying it on so thick and the, the, the delivery is awful, but like the, you killed us just by following orders. Like it's just a, it's such a stupid line. It's so blunt. It's so like transparently trying to drive him to his end of his, the end of his arc and his arc is stupid to begin with. So I hate it. I hate it so much. I think it's my least favorite moment in the entire movie. It fills me. It fills me with rage. I hadn't even, Colin. I hadn't even considered the fact that Selena's whole point in all of this was to open a pathway out of the city, and they don't take that pathway. I never even thought about it. It's extremely stupid. Yeah, yeah, extremely stupid. At least we don't see them take the pathway. Like, you know, it's audiences aren't stupid. We like we we keep track of stuff like. You know, I, I don't even think we get a single shot of people leaving that way. No, we don't. No, we don't. You know, it's I don't know. There's just too much information. There's too many things. There's too much ground to cover. And it's just it's a mess. It's a mess. Let's just stop here. Yeah, See let's you. stop. Bye, anyway, guys. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, anyway, so boots on the ground. Miranda goes to find the bomb to ensure its detonation. Um, here's something. So. I didn't mention it specifically earlier when we were talking about Blake accidentally killing the two guys with his gun in the ricochet shot, but neither of the guys have a single mark on them, right? Like there's no bullet, which I think is stupid, but here Miranda slash Talia orders the rumbler, the rumbler to shoot Foley, which kills him. Is it the tumbler or is it the rumbler? I thought it was rumbler. I honestly have no idea. I can't remember. Sorry, it just Tumblr occurred Rumble. to me. But no, you 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 skip something. She she like she tells Bane to keep Bruce alive. Oh, Again, yes, fucking yes. stupid. She and then once like yeah, once she leaves, then she gets in the tank and kills him. But she like she says keep him alive. And then Bane is just like, you know, I have to kill yeah, you. Yeah, and we're not. Doing that. <laughs> yeah, you just have to imagine the fire. Uh, yes. Um, but yeah, so she orders the rumbler slash tumbler to shoot fully. That's like a bullet that's maybe 
nine inches long yeah. and should blow his body in half. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he's just kind of like he's, he's just like uh, casually splayed on the ground there's yeah. not a mark on him which yeah. like i get it it's uh, but then don't have the fucking rumbler kill him have a yeah. dude shoot him yeah yeah anyway speaking of rumblers killing people with nine inch long bullets um selena uses uh the like bat pod uh to sh- kill bane and shoot him with a nine inch bullet and he goes flying off and he's dead she gives the uh pretty good line i've reconsidered your no like no guns policy or whatever <laughs> yeah. okay she's like, so she's she... like not a fan not or something <laughs> what i forgot I, I don't remember the exact line but yeah so now there's a chase between um batman uh catwoman and the bomb truck so they manage to chase the truck down. Uh, they crash it, but not before Talia reveals that Fox showed her how to shut down the reactor and flood it. So their whole plan was to trap the reactor, or I'm sorry, trap, trap the bomb and return it to the reactor to disable it. They can't do that now. They only have five minutes left. So Batman, with only a couple minutes, hooks the bomb to the bat and Catwoman gives him a kiss goodbye. Wait, Randa's dead now. Oh yeah, Miranda dies. Miranda, yeah, we Miranda can't, dies we can't gloss over when <laughs> yeah, she's just like she's like she's like wedged because the truck goes off like the 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 top. It's like, like uh, basically overpass. from from down onto lower Wacker. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like they and, reuse the the Wacker situation without yeah. being in Chicago. <laughs> and she's like kind of, I guess she was crushed or like she, like broke her body got broke somehow from like the steering wheel. <laughs> hitting her really hard or something but okay but keep that in mind <laughs> keep in mind that jim gordon survived the same fall being in the metal cage with the bomb yep. and he's we, fine I, yeah. ha- I have that in all caps yeah. as well um <laughs> and so her and as we mentioned uh at the very beginning of this of this discussion that her death acting is so bad mm-hmm. it is next level bad um well, you know i i think she might yeah she might have been given some shitty direction she might have been it's a shitty situation to be in i suppose but it's just so it's so bad um and yeah just not not my talia hashtag not my talia (laughs) hashtag not my talia (laughs) um so bruce wayne slash batman kind of reveals his identity to gordon um he tells him you know you made uh, a little boy feel like the world hadn't ended when you put a coat over his shoulders or something like that that's a good moment yeah, it's a fun moment. Here's what no, I will say. It's I, fun. It's good. Yeah, I really like that moment. I really wish that they wouldn't have shown the clip from Batman yeah. Begins. Like Agreed. we, like like you said, like we're all like, if Agreed. we're watching the third Batman movie in this trilogy, like we've seen the other two. So like you can just yeah. make a reference to the first one and we'll be like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. So I really like that moment and I really like the way Gary Oldman plays the realization. Yeah. But then when they actually like edit in the clip, I was like, okay, yeah. well, <laughs> this, it's a this good, was unnecessary. I don't, I don't, I forget. You don't watch much anime, do you? Cause that isn't like literally every anime of all ever. I, yeah, no, I don't watch anime. It's, but it's, it's like, <laughs> uh, remember last episode when you said that line and then they like cut to like cut that to. line yeah. and you're like what or, the fuck i was i'm binging this i literally just watched it depending on the anime sometimes it'll be a flashback to earlier in that episode oh yeah. good go oh, even better yeah. that said great love it fully endorse anime anyway um so something that i appreciate um watching this is every time the bat flies away with a bomb no matter how many times i see this movie and i know the bomb will not blow up 
the fact that the bomb just like bam gets like slammed into the street and yeah. like slammed into buildings i'm like guys this bomb is about to blow you have to be gentle with it yeah well maybe batman's not in it um mm-hmm. how many times have you watched this and tried to figure out when he got out every single time after the first and it does the way it shot it doesn't make any it sense. doesn't make sense especially because they cut to him when he's like in the middle of the ocean yeah what did he yeah. do what did he do like he's yeah. like the last cut of him in the bat there's like five seconds left on the bomb so it's yeah. like what what <laughs> did he just get down into the water like did it is in some like pod like what the fuck happened yeah well hold on hold on speaking of shouldn't everyone be dead um so the bomb explodes over the bay seemingly killing bruce as we're saying um but here's the thing shouldn't there be like a massive tidal wave and like a wave of nuclear radioactive fallout that would just kill everyone anyway uh, no one wasn't really well versed in bombs at this point. Yeah, this, but he this, is now. He is say. now. I he bet if he now. were to go back and give us that four and a half hour director's cut that James was clamoring for, yeah. like I yeah. think that that maybe would be. He's like, oh, now that I know, now that I've spent however many years figuring out how a bombs right. work, <laughs> right? I want to see the sequel to Oppenheimer called Pavel, and I want it to be a four hour <laughs> movie about Doctor Pavel and his and his work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the bomb successfully goes off, everyone is saved, hooray. So uh we cut a little bit further in time. We get to Bruce's funeral. Um, Gordon's there, he reads a passage from a tale of two cities. It is the passage where I forget the characters, I should have looked it up. It's either Sidney Carton or Charles Darnay. It's I can't remember. They, I can't remember which one it is. It's what they say before they like sacrifice themselves for mm-hmm. the character that they love. Yep. Um, Alfred feels like he failed Bruce. Um, Gordon can't change Blake's mind about quitting the force. Blake is Blake is a he's too he, much of a hothead. He, he throws his badge away in disgust in another moment that is not remotely earned. It's just like the following orders line <laughs> that like it. It's like they it was added in because they didn't think that it was going to be earned if they didn't just throw in more anti cop shit. Look, yeah. I'm I'm all for like anti cop shit, but like. The character of John Blake and just go fuck himself. <laughs> um, the city has built a statue in honor of Batman. So now Batman has gone from this pariah to now he is a an accepted hero, but of course he is dead. Um, Bruce's will leaves everything to Alfred except for the house and the grounds, which are to be turned into a home for orphan boys. I appreciated that. I like that. That makes sense to me. Yeah. That's something that Bruce Wayne would do. It's good. Um, here are things that don't make sense and aren't great. Um, two things, three things, really. Um, number one, we get the reveal of John Blake's first name. So he's John like trying Blake, to get something from the will, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's going in to get something from the will. Um, and yeah, tell tell us. I can see James's face is just telling me everything. <laughs> oh, I mean, I just you know, she says he tries to get something from the will, doesn't find anything, and she's like, try my legal name, and she goes, I like that name, Robin. Robin. And I just wrote no in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, I don't. It, it didn't bother me. I don't have any like comics history with Robin. So like whatever it is, what it is. But when you asked earlier, <laughs> Robin or Nightwing, I was <laughs> the first thing I thought of was this woman being like, oh, you should use that name more often. I like that name. <laughs> Nightwing. 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 <laughs> yeah. I would have gotten up and walked out of the theater if that had happened. What would, Even though I was enjoying the movie. What would you have said? Hold on, James. What would you have said if she said, 
you should use her birthday more often damian wayne no well <laughs> no no um you should you should use your your, your given name mr freeze <laughs> <laughs> You should use your real name more often, Scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great. Uh, you could cut that scene a million different ways. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So we so this is the big wrap up. So we get the reveal about John Blake's name. Um, we get uh, Chekhov's cafe, right? So we well, get. No, first you gotta cut to Fox. We're discovering that Bruce messed with the autopilot. Oh, messed with the autopilot. That's right. Yeah. So Fox. So we realize that Bruce is alive. So we get Chekhov's Florence Cafe. So we see Bruce and Selena. They're at the cafe. Um, and we see Alfred there. We get um, the the kind of, I would say, cathartic moment between the two of them, right? Because they haven't seen each yeah. other since the beginning of the movie, not the first hour and a half of the movie where they have their falling out. Um, how do you feel about this kind of resolving everything between Bruce and Alfred? I'm fine with it. I just think the movie does an awful job of showing Bruce and Selena having the arc that leads them to here. You have to really just assume a lot of things. And it isn't believable to me, especially now that we have the Batman to compare it to where that sexual tension was palpable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you mean that you mean that lackluster Batman film by Matt Reeves? No, get out of here. Yeah. Even you have to admit that the freaking uh, chemistry between Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson was good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I I love this scene. Uh, <laughs> I when uh, so you asked earlier about. Uh, whether we thought uh, Michael Caine was here for the paycheck or if he was like actually invested um, when he's standing in front of the uh, Wayne Martha. I can't, I can't fucking say her name. Oh, right now. <laughs> uh, when he's in front of Thomas and Martha's graves and he's just like crying and he's saying yeah. that he's sorry. Like that moment you. like is really affecting to me yeah. and like, Nothing about this movie should make me tear up, but like watching Michael Caine as Alfred apologize to uh, Bruce's dead parents' grave that mm-hmm. he failed them, like, is really emotionally affecting. And so when he like when he sees them in the cafe, I'm just like, oh yes, we did it, we made yeah. it. And I so I love this particular part of the ending of this movie. So now. I think from an emotional standpoint, it's cathartic. Mm-hmm. I like it from that angle. From the practicality angle, was like, what was Bruce's plan with Selena? Like, we're gonna get lunch at this cafe every single fucking day in, in yeah. perpetuity, anywhere. Just, yeah, on the off chance that we might see Alfred someday. Right. Yep. Yeah. It it's one no of those sense. things. It works so well until you think about it for more yeah. than a second. Yeah. yeah. And then that that scene's being like you're cutting between that and Blake finding the bad cave. And then, well, like, come on, you were just you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, speaking of like cathartic, uplifting moments. Oh damn! What, it. Is, what is the exact? What's the exact opposite of that? Tell us the opposite of that. Yeah, Blake finding the bad cave. These like the bats showing up, and then he like stands up on some platform and it rises and rises, uh, and that's the final shot of the and movie. Presumably, Blake will be the new Batman. Or or Robin, who even knows? Or Robin. Either and... way, it's weird to have that as an ending. Like I, I don't know. Like why? I, 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 I don't know. No one didn't need wonder, to do that. I do wonder if Warner Brothers was like planning on continuing this, Maybe. like this particular 
version of the Batman for like, like not Batman as a whole, but like this particular iteration. Yeah. And like I, I wonder if they were just like, okay, Nolan, you did your three, that's fine, but like we can continue this particular story. So like leave us some seeds in case that's right. the direction we want to go. And then it just ended up going the Snyderverse direction instead. It would be a relief to me if I found out that the studio forced him to either turn a character into Robin or like made him like add the whole character of job Blake. I unfortunately think this was all Nolan. It probably I, was. I unfortunately <laughs> agree. I I think that the seeds are planted in Batman Begins. Because what he says from the very get-go is that, like, Batman is a symbol, right? Mm -hmm. Batman can be anybody, which is what he reiterates in this film. So I think, like, the seeds are there. I just think, James, as you've said numerous times, I think how they got there, the mechanics of that with Blake are horrible. Mm -hmm. Horrible. Like, unquestionably. But that was The Dark Knight Rises, everybody. It sure was. Yeah. Um, We, we, as as always, we've kind of been saying throughout what we think works and doesn't work about this movie. So I'll just, I'll summarize mine super fast. I think like the Bane stuff, the Bane fight scenes and then Hans Zimmer work like is kind of just the best thing. Hardy really. And then everything else, <laughs> the length, uh, Bruce, the recluse convoluted, the Batman Catwoman dynamic, the lack of use of Chicago, or just the incons- the visual inconsistency, Marion Tate and John Blake and their respective actors just, no. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. How about you guys? Helen, <laughs> right. why don't you go? Uh, so I mentioned this earlier, you know, that I split up this particular viewing. Um, I So first and foremost, I think uh, this is maybe my favorite of the Zimmer Batman score. Like, I love this score. Uh, this is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. The other thing, like I mentioned, uh, I feel like it's it's a really big mess up at the front, but I, to me, it all comes together. So this is one of those movies where I understand all of the problems. Like I understand all of like the the issues that we've discussed, and I like I enjoy picking nits and I enjoy poking fun at a lot of those things. But for me, if a movie works for me on an emotional level. I'm willing to forgive all of that other stuff. And so I know that this is kind of a cop out, but like the thing that works for me is that like the last hour and a half is so effective that like all of the pieces that I was confused about in the first hour or so like fit together in a way that I'm like, oh, that was fun. And like, I didn't necessarily think that like, that's how these were like all these loose threads coming together. And I think that like the pacing of that, like, it is a very long movie, but like basically after Batman, after the first Batman Bane fight, like it just it moves really quickly to me. Like I I'm never bored at any point in like the second half of this movie. And I think that like the it's a weird choice to be like, OK, he's back in Gotham and the bomb's going to go off in 18 slash 12 hours. And like. It, it's it's bizarre if you like take a step back but i also think that it gives the last chunk of the movie like a really strong like narrative momentum that like i'm on the edge of my seat for the entire time and so like do all of those things that you guys mentioned as problems like do i notice those sure but do they mm-hmm. bother me no because i'm just like having so much fun that i'm along for the ride 
yeah, like I'm willing to forgive a lot of those like flaws because I enjoy the experience of watching this movie so much. And that's kind of like my arc, I think. Like I, that's kind of where I was before I started. Like I, I was definitely my evolu- my or my devolution, I suppose, was like <laughs> I thought the first the beginning of the movie was just rough, and then but it, it totally I agree with you. The momentum it like wrapped it up in a really satisfying way, and then I think it's just all and I but I had the criticisms on the on the on the end of the movie, and then those just started bothering me more and more and more to the point where I, it totally killed any momentum that the movie had had um yeah what doesn't work for you for you though like or well like, i mean aaron if you yeah. like if you want to talk about yeah, what yeah. Works for you first for what works i'll echo most of what you guys said i will say colin like you were uh kind of explaining i think this movie works in terms of like big emotional beats mm-hmm. and big character relationship beats that's where i when i was talking earlier like i think this is a very literary film like, not just because it references the Tale of Two Cities a lot, which it fucking does. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think these are emotionally cathartic moments and relationships and things that would pay off, like, in a novel or a more considered slower-paced media. But because this is a film and because there's this ticking clock, it works at cross-purposes. It's like, you can't have these big character-driven cathartic beats with this, like, frantic bomb ticking action or you can rather but it's not done very well in this film if that mm-hmm. makes sense um what doesn't work i'm going to echo a lot of what you guys said doesn't work like i think the actual nuts and bolts of the plot mechanics here don't really make sense in a way that they did in the previous nolan batman films i'm not saying that those like those films their plot points are like completely perfect i'm just saying that here the plot points feel very slipshod mm-hmm. um and like perfect example so i feel like a lot of the plot points it's like blake's arc right like a lot of those plot points exist just to push him to where he needs to be at the very end of the film like Mm -hmm. i don't feel like they're organic or they're well thought out Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of the plot points and plot beats are to get to these big cathartic emotional release moments at the very end yeah and i think the movie suffers because of that yeah Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, like I said, I think that there are a lot of moments in this movie that, like, the more you think about them, the less they work. But again, for whatever reason, it just doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I, I do I, think I, that, that I, like, I, there are genuine problems with this movie, and I, I admit that, but I still love this movie in spite of all of those. I completely yeah. understand what you're saying, because... at at the same time, I can watch this film and have tons of problems with it. But like you were saying, you kind of tear up when Alfred at the very end is, mm-hmm. you know, apologizing to Bruce's dead parents. Like that's emotionally affecting to me too. And it's emotionally affecting to me when Alfred and Bruce see each other at the cafe, mm-hmm. right? Like it doesn't redeem the rest of the film, but I found those moments to be powerful. Yeah. yeah. In, in isolation. Same. Yeah. Yep. All right. So... Aaron. Yes. How would you, how does, how, what's the video game version of this movie look like to you? Okay. So I had two trains of thought. One, I was very unoriginal, not creative, just do a, um, like Arkham Knight alike of the plot of Dark Knight Rises. 
But I was thinking about that and I'm like, that couldn't possibly work because you have Batman, you have John Blake, you have Tali Al Ghul running around, you have Bane. Like there's so many characters, there's so much stuff going on, there's so many things. Do you know what I settled on? I hope it's not what I settled on. I don't think it will be. <laughs> okay. Um, I settled on a WarioWare alike. Oh my god! Fast mini games. I would have never <laughs> in a million years seen that coming. Having to do with like the events of the film. Whoa! So, right? so you have like a mini game where it's like beat up the goons and you like press three buttons and then it's like pull out the reactor and then you like do three things and it's like yeah. make it to the end zone and maybe you're the football player running like before the bomb blows up the field. Huh. Just because there's so much, like I don't know how you would do one cohesive video game for this film. You, you, maybe you were in the similar headspace that I was because like WarioWare is like chaos and it's like little bits yes. and it's a lot of like it's it's not entirely coherent, like the movie. And so what I did <laughs> is a PlayStation Two era Tetsuya Nomura penned action RPG with the most convoluted plot of all time. <laughs> Where it is basically Final Fantasy, but you have Batman, Catwoman, Blake, Gordon as party members, maybe even Foley, maybe even Foley. And that's in the and the plot is exactly the same plot because if you and then, and then it's just written by Tetsuya Nomura. So yeah, except the only thing is everyone would be draped in leather and zippers. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> make this make this as much like Kingdom Hearts as possible. Or imagine like a Kingdom Hearts, but with Disney and specifically just the Dark Knight Rises universe. You've got like you're in Traverse Town and you like run into a house and it's like Foley's there. <laughs> what would uh what would instead the of Squall? Be? What it would what keyblade would you get? Oh god, I'm not I'm not at all prepared to bring this segment back. Um <laughs> Good lord. Uh I don't know. Um, well, obviously the name of the keyblade would be the clean slate. I was gonna uh, say Foley's regret. Oh, sure. Oh, you mean like from Foley? What keyblade do you get from Foley? <laughs> yeah. The hothead hothead's folly. Yes. Hothead's yeah. folly. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> um anyway yeah colin do you have any any thoughts on what, what this looks like as a game? What kind of game no. version of this would you want to play though? Uh, so that's where I have to divulge, uh, of the game and watch component. I'm much more the watch side than the game side. So, uh, that I, I, I don't have a good answer for what kind of game I would play, uh, because the Arkham games have been sitting on my shelf unplayed for several years. (laughs) So... (laughs) So the opportunity that I did have to play a Batman game has been there, and I just haven't done it. So. It's right there. You can do it, yeah. and I. You should. You should. You can do it on Switch soon. Well, oh. yeah, that'll literally blow up your Switch yeah. if you try to play Arkham Knight on your Switch. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think someone actually did like show. Uh, there was some like like uh, thing on on tiktok or something of someone like booting up arkham knight and then it cut to the bomb at the end of this movie going off <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was the, it actually might have been the opposite it might have been the trinity trinity test uh scene oh my god one, either way a bomb joke was made <laughs> yeah um would you want to live in the world of this movie colin Fuck no no aaron i said colin oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then <laughs> i mean yeah, I don't either. Not when World where the League of Shadows exists. You oh. fucking kidding me? Yeah, I, I so I knew this question was coming as I was watching the movie, and I was like, I mean, there are there are parts of this movie I wouldn't mind, but I would say on the whole, 
no. All <laughs> like, right. This is especially like, like in the post, uh, like cops are underground. It's literal anarchy yeah. everywhere. Like I definitely am not interested in that particular component of this world. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think no. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we're all in agreement. Um, Aaron, I found a lot of smut fan fiction. Did you? Yeah. I did as well. I a lot of most... Batman and Bane fucking each other. Oh. A lot of Batman and Bane, a lot yeah. of Batman and Talia, a lot of Batman, Catwoman, a lot of Batman, yep. Talia, Catwoman, Bane, just every combination and marrying. Yep. Yeah. But I did find this gem. It's called Bane in Narnia. <laughs> oh. Okay. Off to a good start. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm gonna, I am going to do the impression because I want to read one specific line. Um, okay, so, so I'll just say... I'm just going to read chapter one because it's literally two sentences or three (laughs) chapter one. The missile impacted against Bane's body, but did not explode. It shoved him like the fist of God through several walls. Finally, his back smashed against a full length oval mirror. It rippled like water and and he was slowly absorbed into the surface. Chapter two. (laughs) Fast chapter one. This is this is by Prairie Dog. I didn't look at what other stuff they've written, but I want to know now. Um, tagged with just Tumness and Bane. There was a soft crush. There was a soft crunch crunch of a fawn's feet through the snow. Bane turned his body to look through the forest at what was approaching him. A very strange looking man with shaggy legs like a goat and a strange hat and scarf stepped out from behind a tree and looked at Bane. Bane tilted his neck to the side. Well, tilted his neck to the side head. Bane tilted his neck to the side head as he looked at the strange fawn. Bane's eyes narrowed with suspicion. Good evening, gentle giant. Excuse me, I do not wish to pry, but I would I be right in thinking you are a son of Adam? Asked the fawn. Oh, so you think I'm a son of Adam? You barely see what is before you. I am actually a son of darkness. And what are you? The product of a hippie and a goat? Oh, my God. Oh, man. Anyway incredible that, that was a winner uh i would say and the other stuff is like if it's not smut it's just like kind of like what happened next and it's like batwoman or batman and catwoman on honeymoon or like in florence for the rest of their lives until they yeah. see <laughs> until alfred shows up yeah, yeah. It, it, or just like john i mean it's actually surprising little surprisingly little about what john blake does next with his newfound role because nobody cares uh, but some people do care, and it was very boring. And it's 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 the classic fan fiction fare of somebody who's giving full effort, unlike what we just saw. Full effort in the first like two chapters, we we're like, this person's like, I'm gonna write my first novel, and it's gonna be Dark Knight Rises fan fiction. And then by chapter three, you slowly start seeing their sanity uh, just go away. Yeah. So. Yeah, I found a um, what happens next fan fiction. I'll read you some of the tags. Angst and feels, fluff and angst, emotional hurt, hurt and comfort, post Dark Knight Rises. Here's here's the important one. DCEU dash freeform. I'm assuming that's like freeform oh, no. channel, like ABC <laughs> channel, original channel, whatever it is. ABC, ABC family. family. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's called From the Ashes. Here's the note. Kind of a slow start, but just to set up a backstory, if you don't like the idea of Bane being a human being or sympathetic towards others, then scroll along past this story. Um, I also <laughs> want to blame Tom Hardy and his lovely portrayal of Bane for putting this idea in my head. 
Um, so essentially, it's about a young nurse in a small town in Montana with a cousin who's not her biological sister that she loves, who is working the night shift at this hospital, and who should show up in the night shift but Bane, and who is one of the doctors but one of Bane's doctors from his time in the prison. <laughs> Why? Somehow in this small Montana town. things like this? Yeah. In this small Montana town, <clears throat> Bane's old doctor works at the hospital. Bane comes there for treatment and a free form ABC family original <laughs> program blossoms <laughs> where Bane and this like young nurse fall in love. Oh man. Do they get an apartment together? You know, I didn't read that far, but the story oh. ends before it reaches any kind of proper conclusion. So of you course, can decide to write it's that fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny how many how quickly these these people lose interest in their own ideas. Maybe because, but it's also similarly interesting how far they make it before they realize that Bane meeting his old doctor in a hospital was a horrible idea. It's just in not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you could seriously sometimes see them. <clears throat> lose faith in their own idea as they're writing and it's glorious <laughs> it's my favorite part really it really it really is it really um, is i do think that this world warrants fan fiction like mm, only uh... if it's to kind of correct like if it's or if it's like things we were just ta- we were joking about like like what happens if bruce is like yeah miranda let's go let's get out of here or or like i don't know I, maybe it's a little bit more fleshing out it's because i want more detail Fair enough. What would your fan fiction be? Do you have any? Uh, I mean, I'm just going to stick with what I said before about what happens. If, I mean, I I'm, I know that's kind of like not taking this question very seriously, but like, I, I guess I would, you know, I mean, people rewrite entire stories. And so I'm just going to say, like, rewrite the movie without John Blake <laughs> in it. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not being like super creative with my answer for this one, but if I'm being honest. That's the one. That's the fan fiction I want the most. Just <laughs> rewrite right, the fan... rewrite the screenplay. Just let me read it. All right, my fanfic: John Blake as Robin versus Killer Croc. Let me see it. Who plays Killer Croc in the movie version of that? Also, Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can picture that, but okay. He would, would it be? Would it, okay? Would it be great, better like, or? Would it be better or worse than the uh, Arlong makeup prosthetics for live action? Oh, well, yeah, obviously yeah, it would be yeah. better than that. But <laughs> do you think Ben Mendelsohn would be a good Professor Pig? Yeah, he would be a great Professor Pig. Awesome. Yeah. Let's 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 make it happen. <laughs> Colin, what, what fan fiction would you want to see for this? Man, I... I'm just, I'm not that creative of a person. So, and the other thing is like, I was trying to think about it and I was like, I feel like Batman is so ubiquitous. Like there's just so much that's been done with Batman over the years that I was like, I don't even know where I would start with fan fiction because there's just so much shit that already is actually canon, you know, like between the comics that have existed since like the 40s or whatever between the animated series between all the different movie iterations we've had i was like i don't even know where i would start so uh, truly the most boring version of my fan fiction is like again because i am so emotionally invested (laughs) against my better judgment i'm so emotionally invested in the uh selena kyle uh bruce wayne 
life that I was like, oh, I just like read a, like read a just a charming little story about them making their way through Europe and just yeah. like boning down all the time. Uh, and just like every once in a while, they'll just like pop into Florence and just see if they can hang out with Alfred. Um, I like to amend my answer. I like that. I, I want to amend my answer of like, it's just Bruce and Selena. It's like a psychological thriller and, uh, and it's not clear where it goes at first, but it's what happens is that Bruce and Selena, like they go, you know, there's that Alfred moment. It's great. That's kind of like the prologue. And then they're kind of just like traipsing around Europe and going to these like great, like on boat rides like gone you know going to like Siena and and uh Venice and Switzerland like Zurich I don't know all these places and um they start going to cafes and they're like just about to leave and then they like quickly see something and Bruce like is that Alfred and they they go and then they you know they fly over to like Turkey and then they go to a cafe in Turkey and they're like I think that's Alfred and it's just Alfred starts following them everywhere they go <laughs> from cafe to and, cafe and just menacingly drinks for net and stares at them. <laughs> and okay. both of them start to lose their minds. And Bruce like try because Bruce is like very smart. He tries to like corner him and be like, what are you doing? But Alfred is he's he's been alive longer. He's he knows the tricks. And so he knows all of Bruce's tricks. So Alfred evades any confrontation whatsoever. And they just slowly get driven entirely insane because they are they let the suspicion of whether or not Alfred's following them, what their plan would be, or what his plan is to drive them totally insane. And then they just get on a break up and fight with each other. And it becomes like a, a tense, psychosexual, psychological thriller and drama. That's all I want. Can I and we never we well? never get an answer as to what Alfred's doing, obviously, because it's it's gonna a twenty four movie. It's gonna cut to black. Yeah, right when you're about to find out. Also, do we even know it's the real Alfred, or is this a we projection don't. of Bruce's mind? We have no idea. Yeah. Um, can I amend mine? Yes. So mine follows Bruce and Selena. They're traveling far into the mountains of Europe, far snowy peaks. They're in the middle of nowhere. They're outside any known civilization. They find this quaint, charming village. It's around the holidays. They decide to stay there. Now, what should happen? I know where this is going. (laughs) But a feisty character steals the holiday that they're there to visit upon. (laughs) A man named the Grinch stole Christmas. There you go. Who who can solve the crime? But Batman slash Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle. With the help of Cindy Lou Who. With the help of Cindy Fed up with the police in the town. She's the John Blake of the whole scenario. Yeah. Love it, yeah. There we did it. We did we fit, it. We, we we fit it in. Yeah. Uh, uh, what what have you guys been doing lately? Colin, why don't you start? Uh I mostly been watching TV. I've not done a lot of movie consumption lately. Uh, watching Justified City Primeval, which is not as good as good. original flavor yeah. Justified, but it is still enjoyable. Um and like seeing Timothy Oliphant play Raylan Givens, even if it's like the quality is not quite up to justified standards, it is still like really enjoyable hmm. to just see that, like that actor play that character again. Um, I've also been watching Reservation Dogs, which I think is the best show on TV. Um, it's in its third and final season, and every episode. Final? Is, yeah. Oh, wow. Damn. I've, I haven't watched it. I'm probably going to binge it all at some point. I 
I love it. I love it so much. Um, I think every episode is really interesting. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of like early season Atlanta, where like every oh, okay. episode is just like kind of doing its own thing. Um, and I really, really dig it. Uh, and I'm devastated that this is the final season. Um, I just finished reading a book. Uh, maybe I don't know if you guys have discussed it, but uh, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. which is a novel that was on a ton of like best of lists last year. And the whole premise is it follows these two characters over the course of like 30 years of their lives. Um, and they're video game developers. And so it's like they oh. are friends from like very young age but then they have kind of a falling out they run into each other in college and they develop a video game that like blows up and then it like charts the course of the rest of not the rest of their lives but like charts wow. the, the next like 30 years it's really good um i thought you guys if you hadn't discussed it or if you hadn't heard of it i was like oh i should put it on your radar specifically because i do think that you guys would enjoy it um it that also like really interesting every game that they talk about i'm just like i want to play this right now like i was like reading it and i was like give me this game (laughs) chances are that aaron would read that before i do just because not because i'm not interested but because i'm a bad book reader yeah i've been i've been in the middle of i'm in the (laughs) middle of dune for so long i just haven't finished dune yeah Um, i love it i just i'm bad at reading the 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 last thing i will say that i've been doing lately is this was partially me trolling James last night, but just also I've ha- there's a lot of things that have popped up in my life recently that have been making me want to rewatch Interstellar. And so last night when I was like debating, I was like, oh, I should, I should probably watch The Dark Knight Rises. I just saw Interstellar on my movie shelf and was like, fuck it, I'm just going to watch that instead. I support <laughs> so, that. I rewatched Interstellar and guess what? I still fucking love that movie. And yeah. I think... It's. I think it was interesting to watch these two movies back to back because I think that they're very similar in, or at least like for me, like my attachment to the movie is very similar in that like, as I'm watching it, I can see a lot of like, this doesn't make sense, but like, I'm so invested in, with the emotional payoff that I just, I don't care. Like, I truly do not care that yeah. a lot of the dumb stuff that happens in Interstellar happens. Yeah, because like by the end of Interstellar, I'm just like a puddle on my floor, and I'm like, yeah, fuck me up. So, yep. do you know the only thing that's stronger than a black hole is a father's love? Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, but I do that now. Movie, that movie taught me that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that, but now I do. So yeah, now I yep. do. Yep. Um, what are you in? I have been finishing the last two seasons of Dexter. Um, I had never watched them. And Edgar and I recently got Showtime, so you can just decided... skip the last one. I know, I know, but we we don't want to because we want to watch the like one season limited series that came no, out. No, I didn't um, watch that. Dexter New Blood or whatever. So um, I'm watching seven and eight for the first time. Edgar is rewatching them with me. We're gonna watch um, the. I think it's like Cold Snap or whatever yeah. it's called. The new. Season. What do you think of seven so far? I liked seven a lot. I like seven. I'm halfway through it. Um, you can kind of see the threads of like, they're trying to figure out the exit strategy for a lot of characters, like mm-hmm. in the show at large. Yeah. Um, you can kind of see the strings on the show a little bit more than you could in early seasons. Um, I will say the one thing about the show that fucking enrages me is they have no sense of how much money anyone makes. 
So Deb <laughs> owns like beautiful beachfront property in like a single family home. And she makes like what a lieutenant makes in the police station. And Dexter owns like two <laughs> condos and a boat and like a car. Like I hate it. I hate watching yeah. it because it makes you feel like <laughs> you're a piece of shit that you don't own three houses and three cars and murder people and like do all these things. In Miami too, right? Like Miami's yeah. not Miami, a cheap place Miami to live. Beach right? property. <laughs> yeah. Like get out of here. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Yeah. Um, but so I've been doing that. Um, I've been playing through, I picked up Vampire Survivors. Thank you, James. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, play through that a little bit. Um, and also shout out to James, you and Miranda. Um, I started playing Disney Lorcana or Lorcana. Um, it's a new trading card game that just came out. It's mm. basically Disney's version of Magic the Gathering. Um, so it's a collectible card game. It's really fun. Me and my friend Javier ran around um, this last week trying to find all the card shops that had it to pick up some cards and play some games against each other. So James, if you ever want to pick up a deck and play with me, I think you I was, and Miranda. Would I was like, "Where? Why are you shouting me out?" Did, I'm like, "I didn't get. I didn't turn you on to this." Like, "Oh, because I'm we always did, well, trying to." He's making a pitch. I we, well, we talked about it before. We did. And I'm we always did. pitching you new games, and I always want to pitch people games that I want to play and no one else wants to. Like Keyforge. Like Keyforge. <laughs> Keyforge is a lot. I can. I feel like it, I can only handle so many games at one time. You but... can handle Disney Lorcana. <laughs> I bet I could. Um, I uh, so I, I'm playing Final Fantasy 16 some more. Vampire Survivors, Quake Two. I never played Quake Two. I've been like over the the course of this year, like occasionally watching a movie that I was like listening to Eli Roth's horror podcast and especially like his interviews with like Tarantino and certain other people, and kind of like trying to learn more about like horror movies that they love. And I would say that most of the horror movies that I've watched that I hadn't already seen that some of these directors love are terrible. And I don't understand why they love them so much. And one of those was silent night, deadly night. The whole premise of this was like a guy dressed as Santa kills people, which sounds fun. Actually, if you just say it like that, but it's not really about that. It's not like a faceless killer. It's like a boy who watches his parents get murdered by a guy dressed as Santa Claus and then is traumatized for the rest of his life until he snaps and then just goes on a killing spree. And it's in, it's so bad. It's incredibly boring. There isn't like a single like actual good kill except some lady gets like he impales her on like antlers on like a on like a deer head on the wall. And somehow the deer head doesn't fall, even though she's hanging from it anyway. Not a good movie. Wouldn't recommend it. Hated it. Uh, and that, but what I would recommend, always and forever, Colin, you already know, is I I went and saw Old Boy in theaters for the first time since it's uh, remastered and restored, and it still is an all timer for me. It's it's so good, and it was it was a great time to see it in a theater with people and trying to figure out who based on their reactions because some people had actual like not like loud movie disrupting reactions, but like. Based, based on like miniature reactions who had seen it before and who hadn't sometimes it was obvious like the girl sitting five seats down from me who was like what the fuck <laughs> uh that was wild um other people you could kind of tell them they had seen it before but um a little weird thing about that though afterwards there is a pre-recorded q a between park chan wook and uh, he's being uh, interviewed by Nicholas uh, Winding Refn, oh my God. who is wearing like a suit, but shorts. 
And I honestly thought he was Donald ducking it for a second because you couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't quite tell he had pants on at first. Um, it's a weird interview. I don't think he's asked some very good questions. Um, and it's just awkward and uncomfortable, but I stayed because I, I paid a damn for a damn ticket. So I'm going to stay. Was that, so did you see it? Where did you see it? AMC River East. Okay. Not in Dolby though. They they didn't have it in Dolby. Okay. Yeah. I was, cause do you, is that Q and a, is that part of every screen? I don't know. Oh, good question. I don't know. Or is that just um, like a AMC only thing? Not, I'm just, I, if you don't know, that's fine. I, I was just I'm curious. guessing, I'm guessing it's not, I'm going to guess that it's for everything. Um, There's like a, there's like a quick, like, thanks for coming to watch my movie from the director, like the very beginning um, and then there's the movie and then there's the Q and a after. Gotcha. Um, I I'm guessing it's probably at every, every theater and the Q and a is only like 10 minutes at the most. Okay. So, well, Colin, thank you so much. Thank you. for I, having I, th- me. Thank you. This was, this was a long one. We appreciate your time very, uh, very much. It was a blast. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Uh, and, and whenever um, you guys want to do the tenant episode, you know, you know where to find me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, if you want should, to, I be, and, should I be holding if, my breath? Yeah, I mean, if you want to do Tenet, you know just who to ask. Anyone else? And we'll see you for our Tenet episode in 2036. Yeah, and we're going to do the entire episode in reverse. Yes. Well, not the entire thing. We have to do some things in one oh, way, some right, things the right. other way. It's not like know. Memento or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, um, we don't have a sign-off. See you in hell, Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> <laughs>